Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. And relax in this beautiful space that you've created. Welcome to the Alexis K. Tyler Show. I'm your host, Alexis K. Tyler. We have a very special and a very powerful show today. Okay. We have a very special, very powerful show today. I have a very special guest, Dion C. Smith, to talk about a very deep and powerful issue that affects people of color in the United States and all around the world. We had a deep show last night dealing with transsexuals. Okay, also known, he's also known as Brother Hebrew. So we have Brother Hebrew on the show with us. We were talking about the um, the transsexuals, the gay, the download lifestyle, and how it affects black women and people of color, period, and how there is a very deep agenda um, designed to really break up the black family, I'm going to turn the black woman and black man against each other and actually annihilate a large segment of the black population. So I thought it was very important. It was pretty controversial. A lot of people, gay people, felt like they were being attacked last night, and that's not what we were doing. We were bringing awareness and dropping a lot of knowledge on this issue so that people women can be informed definitely and we can protect ourselves and we can arm ourselves with wisdom and knowledge from the Bible, from history, from health, from science, from looking at our own community on every level. We need to gird ourselves with knowledge and, and with truth. So that's why it's so important that I, I want to do these shows, and I'm so honored that um, Brother Israel decided to come on with me at the last minute today when I asked him earlier two days, and um, Brother Hebrew, I'm sorry, Brother Hebrew, and I'm honored that he's here. Um, I don't know which line he's on. Two four zero. Two four zero. Yes. This year. Hey. Hey, brother Sister Hebrew. Alexis. Sister Alexis, hey, how are you doing? Such an honor. I'm better but now that you're here. <laughs> look, I'm humbled to be on the show with all your uh, uh, keen listeners and audience. I'm, I'm really deeply humbled. I'm just a brother in the struggle out here trying to bring an inkling of awareness as to the scope of the problem that we are dealing with uh, in black America uh, in this day and time that uh, the prophets of old have uh, given us wisdom and warnings. And uh, when you're driving along the road and you uh, see a stop sign and you disobey that stop sign, uh, hmm. You are subject. You are subject to the laws, mm-hmm. and you may be subject to the laws of uh, of, of Newtonian uh, mechanics, or you may be subject to the laws of appearing before a, a judge magistrate. Mm-hmm. And you, but you may get away with it, but it's still recorded mm-hmm. that you actually ran that red light or stop sign, and uh, you know you didn't get stopped by the police, you didn't, get, you didn't get hit by another car. Um. We are faced in this day and time with such a massive influx mm-hmm. of the effeminization and uh, of the black male or the black men and the emasculation of black of the black female. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of the turn switching the roles, the natural dynamic 
which is called into the universe long before uh, we were taken into bondage. And now we have not only turned against one another as a, a, a no natural affection or love for one another, as the prophets have uh, so declared. Mm-hmm. Now that we have, now that we just adopted this as a just as a lifestyle, mm-hmm. and now it's gone beyond just a lifestyle. It's just utter perversion and filth. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't, the youth out here don't fully understand of uh, what is uh, really underway here. Mm. And I put some, I put some links in your uh, in your Facebook about what the CDC was saying about this, this, this the rise of these incurable um, STDs. I put them in the this chat. This is not by, beg your pardon. I put them in the chat. Oh yes, and this is this is this is by design. This is not an accident. And if we don't wake up soon, uh, we're going to find a vast majority of black males totally eliminated mm. and liquidated out of the uh, system completely. Mm-hmm. And we need the young black males to be black men, to be black warriors and black fighters and protector of our women, our children, our babies out here in the community. Mm-hmm. And they know this is the key linchpin to the new order. If we can just get rid of this black uh, man, mm-hmm. turn him completely inside out and around from his natural state of being. Mm-hmm. You see, our natural state of being, if you think about what it is in the scriptures when it says uh, a natural man, you know, so think of in his natural ways and carnal knowledge, what that what that what that is saying to us in this day and time. You see, when I was a young boy, Sister Alexis, coming to age and coming into manhood, mm-hmm. first of all, uh, to um, get to know your manhood was through uh, another woman. Mm-hmm. And wow. you go back to your boys, and if you wanted to brag about it, first thing they're going to ask you, pardon the, you know, pardon the uh, colloquial expression, they say, bro, did you get the pussy? Uh-huh. And you can come back with a lie or whatever and uh, make, you know, smell my finger and uh, say, well, you know, I got <laughs> close, I didn't get it, uh, this happened, that happened, or or I got it, or, or whatever. But you had to explain yourself to your peers. Nowadays, these young boys out here don't even seem to be interested. In mm-hmm. hmm I'm talking about you real young. And I'm saying to myself, when I go to these different public schools and talk, what is happening? Mm. Are they putting something in our food? Are they spraying something in the air in the hallways? Mm-hmm. Are they dropping something out of the sky to make make these young boys into uh, sissies? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to offend nobody, but you see, I rather I rather offend the devil 
by telling the truth mm-hmm. than anything else. And this is a satanic plan. Mm-hmm. Because once you eliminate the black seed, that's it. White man's thinking he got it now. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that whole Atlanta child murders, man, we could spend a whole show on that. Wow. Was about getting that black man seed and that melanin that's found in the testicles to connect to the universe. Mm-hmm. Now, I know your phone line blowing up now. I know they're calling in. Because I'm touching on something. I'm touching on something very key here. Can I preach? You remember that link I sent you about sex terrorism? Yes. And how sex terrorism has blown up to be a billion-dollar industry? Yes. And we talk about child sex exploitation on a on a magnitude level of scale that has never been before seen in the annals of human history where you have mm-hmm. thousands of young boys and girls that are being trafficked all over the world for yes. a pervert for a pervert's price yes. yes these are wicked and evil men mhm and now that they have grasped the very soul connective force of the universe in such an entanglement of sexual perversion mm-hmm. by taking the black men, turning them into black males, into black males, into black kittens, and then masculating the, the black women into black girls, into uh, uh, Black sheroes. And now we got the whole play out with the other side of the equation, right? So we got to deal with the we got to deal with the men, we got to deal with the women. So we look Mm -hmm. at the female side of the energy being out of balance, Mm -hmm. with all the Hollywood entrapments that go along with it. If you look at all these artists out here that uh, these young girls look up to, from uh, Beyonce all the way down to uh, 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 oh, what's that girl? Little young girl, from, she's from the islands. Rihanna. Uh, yeah, Rihanna. They all had that New Order lesbian twist to it. Yes. Every last one of these artists. Major artists out here, save but for a few. NDRE, you know, you got a few out there. You know, they tried to get Mary J on that tip. She kind of like, kind of, sort of, kind of went along with it for a minute. Then she got tired of it in her uh, last two albums. You know, she didn't go along with it. But that one before that one, you know, kind of like when they hung up Janet Jackson on Velvet Rope. You know, she got wrapped up in that velvet rope. She ain't got out of that since. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to say it on the air, and I know they may be listening. I, I love them. I love them. And they, and they deep to my heart, the whole family. But you don't get no respect like that 
from the black community. By mm-hmm. playing into a lesbian fantasy, Janet. Mm. I know I'm gonna I'm I'm get tweeted tonight. I may even get some phone calls, but I gotta tell it like it is. Cause it, see, that's how they got Michael in that box. Mm. Because we're talking about a gay mafia mm-hmm. that runs Hollywood. And if you don't do what these people ask you to do when it's time to do what you gotta do, you will find your head buried underneath that Hollywood sign. Yeah. And I sent you an article about that. Mm-hmm. You see, that's why I put the special announcement out there by Brother Steve Coakley, who did oh, a phenomenal yeah. research work, a phenomenal research work on blacks in Hollywood, black racism in white Hollywood. He did a eight-part series at Marla Gill's place, right there on Crenshaw, right off of Lamert Park, and talking about a whole Hollywood scene, breaking it down, naming the names, and going into the occult sciences, into Hollywood. What? And how the? Oh yeah, it was one of the most profound works of research. This brother having came out of the Topographical Institute of the 1960s and 70s, it was training that uh, methodology of doing research. We don't have any researchers hardly left anymore in the black community. Right. And our and our and our scholars are getting. Older and they, uh, we don't have any uh, young Dr. Benz or Dr. Clark's coming in their wake. Right. You know, you got Lena Jeffries and uh, 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 a few other cats. You know, and that's about it. But there's not a whole wave of them to be able to sustain the kind of hits that we're under right now. Mm-hmm. And so when I brought in liberal politics and. Uh, 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 and the revolution movement of the, of the late 1960s, early 70s, how they pacified us. See, they went ahead and gave us an inch, but took away a mile. Mm. And what I mean by that, they let a few Negroes, they let a few Negroes creep up to the top, and then they pacified mm-hmm. us with so much pacification over sexualization, and we got caught mm. up in that. We got caught up in that, mm-hmm. and we kept pushing it. So like I said, when I was a young brother out in L.A., it was about, like I said, did you get it? You either had a yes or no answer. And I was mad enough to say whether I did or didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what it was about. And uh, we didn't, you know, uh, you know, you knew about protecting yourself and, uh, you know, not, you know, making no unwanted um uh, situations come about as a result of your actions. You you kind of knew about that uh, because you know your uncles or whatever they 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 were overseas and they told you you know always always wear your protection. So you believed in that. You took it. But now mm-hmm. they got these diseases. Like I said, sister, this disease is so powerful, and the virus is so small that it will penetrate right through a rubber. Mm. It is a hundred billion times, a hundred billion trillion times more potent than HIV, hepatitis, herpes put together. And they don't even have a name for this new class STD. What? So I'm warning the black community in the name of Yahweh. Y'all need to get right quick. They quit all this perversion. 
Quit all this perversion. It's sickness and disease out here. It's a disease. In other words, your body is not at ease. You're not at ease uh, being at uh, 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 incongruence with, 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 the, with the statutes, laws, and commandments of the universe. Why? Because your mind is bent on wickedness. And it, it came at a hard cost to bend your mind out of that shape. But now we are so vulnerable because we are so, like, our minds are so much like rubber now. That's why what you said mm-hmm. to me earlier, you, don't, you can't find those stand-up brothers on the street. Mm-hmm. There used to be some stand-up brothers on the street. If there was some trouble, you knew who to go to. Yep. I remember growing up in Los Angeles, and, we, you know, people don't realize this about the West Coast. Los Angeles is one of the most hyper-segregated cities in America, uh, next to Chicago and Detroit and Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Boston, Massachusetts. It is hyper-segregated. In other words, in other words, you can go one city block, and you can be in an all-black neighborhood, and you go right to an all-Polish neighborhood. And I can remember getting in rock fights with the white kids. And there was any kind of trouble, it wasn't the white boys even so much as thought about touching a black girl in our, in, our, in our neighborhood. All hell broke loose. We were going to find that cracker and beat that cracker's ass. But it is sad to say that now they have got a so broke down system mm-hmm. that they can jump an old black woman on an RTD bus and beat the living daylight out of her, record it on their phone, put it on Facebook, and brag oh, about Lord. it. Mm-hmm. And nothing happened to this cracker. All Mexican. Mm-hmm. I got something on notice too. All Mexican. Because I swear mm-hmm. to Yahweh, if it was done in 1970s or early 1980s, if this had to happen, we would have beat your ass.
714, are you just listening? Do you have a question or comment? No, I don't. 770, are you just listening? you have a question or comment? Okay, that's quiet. 714. Hey, girl, this is uh, Lisa. That was Lou. We on the line. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that him, 714, because I didn't hear? Oh, he said no. No, he just listening. Lou just listening. He just, Lou said he just listening. We just, you know, the, uh, this is a, a wonderful show, and uh, the brother is right. I mean, uh, you know, we are out here in California, uh, and this is where we grew up, my husband in L.A. I'm from Orange County. Things have changed, and uh, we used to call them, I call them the old soldiers. These were our fathers. These were our uncles. Things were so was so much more different. I cannot tell you how we would be able to play, and our parents would say, "When the lights come on, y'all come on in." These children now, you got to basically be outside to watch them. Yeah. Uh, there, all this pedophilia that goes on. It's another thing. Me and Reverend, that's why I call Alexis K. Tyler Reverend. We talked many times. This pedophilia that goes on in our community with these little 14-year-old girls walking around with 26-year-old bodies, screwing yep. and having babies by these 36-year-old, 40-year-old men. Nobody says anything. Everybody goes along with it. None of that shit went on when I was coming up. I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And it's a sad state. Nobody is minding these children. But, brother, what you said about these children being sex trafficked, and it's another topic that the Reverend and I have talked about. This has gone on back in Roman times. I believe when right. Caligula was alive, Caligula. that is how that yep. man, with his with his defiled and debaucherous ass, he had everybody pimping and hoeing. From the That's people right. that were in the Senate, the wives, the children, everybody. It was all based Every- on prostitution. And this is just like the Reverend says, this is the new Rome. And it's getting ready to fall, and like she says, you better pick your damn side and pick it right. You mm-hmm. got to be you you got to you got to be on guard, and know who it is you let in your house, even when it comes down to your own blood, because we know that even our own blood are coming in and trying to defile and ruin our children. We have to be careful. It's it's sick. But yeah. Lou, if you are on the line, can you please tell? Alexis and the brother that is on the line, what you told me earlier about this uh, this anti HIV virus, you said you were reading about that they that they have tried to uh, use on the prostitutes to bring into the communities in the Philippines. Yeah, you that brother. Yeah, they're right here. Using it. You can't hear me. Yes, we can yeah, hear you, brother. Okay, yeah, it's uh, uh, several vaccines that's going on out there. I know the U.S. Army has one, and I believe they've been uh, using it in the Philippines for the last three or four years. But uh, And they go to high-risk areas, and they pretty much push the vaccine and see how it does, and they're getting some good um, results from it. And I think it's somewhere either China or Japan has one. Everybody's trying to be the first one to come out with this HIV vaccine. And as you know, United States is always the last to do anything because, uh, you know, we're so too happy down here in, in the United States. And, you know, the side effects and things like that. So they always go somewhere else and test it. But um, 
I'm, I'm sure they're trying to get that in uh, to the United States. And sometime in order to get it in, you got to have that higher HIV rate, you know. So they'll probably let it run rampant for a while and, and get worse, and then that that would be the way that they say, okay, we have this vaccine. Because even like flu vaccines, there's a lot of people that don't like to take it. So, you know, easy, all, all of these new strains of flus just keep coming out, and they keep throwing these commercials. So for some reason, they want you to take this vaccine. So they pretty much do the same thing with the HIV vaccine um, once it hits the surface. But uh, it's only, you go to the Internet, you can look at it. U.S. Army has it. I know they tried it in the Philippines, and I forget the other uh, third-world country that they, they're trying this vaccine out in. But basically well, the brother, whole idea, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was going to say there was there was a situation involving a girl over in Germany who was used as a quote-unquote guinea pig by Bear Medicine on an mm-hmm. HIV vaccine that went awry, and she ended up infecting uh, five other brothers in, in nightclubs over there in Germany. Right. It's, it's happened over here, too. That's why I wouldn't take it, because whenever they tried those trials, I mean, you went there, that's like a vaccination. You're injecting people with all types of rhesus monkey virus, aborted um, chicken fetuses, formaldehyde, and the viruses itself. When, whenever they've done trials here, them black folks came up with that package. Yeah. Exactly. And we know, like I said earlier, so, they know people going to eat. People are going to have sex, and they're not going to stop doing it, too. And we're on the line right now. You know, sure as I'm talking, somebody got their lips wrapped around something, edible or non-edible right now, that they don't need yep. to have their lips wrapped around. So, they, you know, you, you, it's, it's all about controlling your behind, opening up your mind yep. and really seeing what's going on. And it's just frightening to me that there are so many people that choose to live in denial. They don't want to see it. They want instant gratification. I believe also that porn has contributed to a lot of this uh, stuff that we've seen. Oh, yeah. I got this email um, yesterday. They dropped in uh, health news. I think I had put it on my page. They they dropped in some type of virus out the damn sky now. You know that uh, it's in the chemtrails, fluoride is in the water, you know, other drugs is in the water, but they're also dropping viruses out of the air. And did you uh, know about that gay bomb, brother? Oh, yes. Yeah, I heard about the gay bomb. They have a gay bomb. Mm-hmm. And they, and they can basically turn, they can uh, change your sexual uh, orientation by some chemical they can put in the air and, 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 and make, um, uh, make you get turned out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. bomb. Uh, this is actually a chemical warfare bomb that's being military. Yeah, the military created it. That's why I said, don't put nothing past these people. Yeah, you can't. What they you would really do? You can't. You can't. Even the fish. The fish, fish is flipping now. And Males the fish, are becoming effeminate. They're becoming effeminate. They're becoming feminized. Yeah. The fish are now. This is what they're finding. They got so we, it's like we're all, uh, we're all, they're using us as one big science project and sitting back and, and taking notes and seeing what, what the effects are going to be. They know what the effects are going to be. It's depopulation. Yes. Depopulation, um, 
What's that white boy? He said that the black Alex. male is Zibnu Brzezinski. Okay. Said said that the black man is. He said we we don't have nothing to worry about, but we don't have to worry about uh, no terrorists over there in the Muslim world. We don't have to worry about the Russians or the Chinese. He said the biggest threat to Western democracy is the black man in America on the street. Why? Corner. Why is that? That's, that's a good question. That is a very good question. Why? Why would this man say this out of his mouth and write and put it in writing? Uh, maybe the reason is because you're killing each other at a high rate, a high number. So, you know, the African-American male is killing each other, not only emotionally, physically. You know, it's, you know, like you said, in the penitentiaries, what goes on in there, uh, you know, destroy your, not only your mentality, destroy your whole man, manhood and who yeah. you are and how you think. Um, but that way it's not know, a threat. But you're not a threat to white people if a lot of black men are in jail, homosexual, download, they want them like that. That way they're non-threatening. Or is that what you're saying, brother? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If if, if you neutralize, you're not a threat. Right. So I and this and this was taken maybe about he said that statement in the uh, early '90s after the fall of the uh, Soviet Union. So, um, you know, at that time the the incarceration rate wasn't so uh, intense. So. We were we were still on the corner, mm-hmm. per se. We were still on the corner, you know, talking loud, doing nothing. But nonetheless, we were still a threat to the uh, overall stability. This is before the uh, L.A. riots, so you know, I guess you got a taste of it uh, after the Rodney mm-hmm. King verdict. That we're gonna have to uh, we got to really accelerate this uh, program for new order and control. Is get neutralized, get this black uh, men, uh, black male off the street quick. Mm-hmm. After they saw all the all that had been done, it was and it's very interesting. I remember during that time, you know, I work in a, a nine times out of ten, all the places I've worked, I've probably been the only black. So you know, to have them ask me constantly what I thought, and of course, I knew where I was, and I had to guard my words. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would just, I said, "What do you think?" And then when mm-hmm. I told them I was going to L.A. after those riots, they were just, you know, looking at me, which I knew it wasn't going to be a problem. But just to see the decimation of what went on in the neighborhood, hmm. because a lot of them don't know what that is like. We know uh, when it comes to assimilation, I believe our people are, are, are probably the best at it. We know how to work in all type of worlds, but a lot of them don't know what it's like. So you can be in the hood, come out of the hood, work in your office, put that face on. They don't know what it's like for us to 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 walk in this world, walk in the shoes. Although many want to emulate us, they don't want that pain that we have to deal with. Well, they want to they want to emulate us, and this and this goes back to what I was saying about the land of child murders. They want just a a, a, a a penny's worth of black in them to be able to make it to the next phase. They know when the next phase is coming, that white folks are going to be uh, extinct. And they know the only way they're going to make it is to get that little that little dab of do a melanin in their system some kind of way without going all the way to be able to make it. Because one thing is going to get them or another. Whether it's 
global heating, global warming, global cooling, or the sun. Something is going to get them, and they know it. And so they have to figure out a way to, like you said, emulate us in such a way that they don't become us. And the scary part for them is that enough of them are becoming like us. That when you got a, uh, what's the old boy up there, uh, uh, the Star Wars guy, uh, George. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, George Lucas. Lucas. Now, he got a black wife, a uh, chocolate sister. And I know she's been pulling his, uh, pulling his, pulling more to his ear. You say, hey, look, you got all these black filmmakers out here. Why don't you get behind them? I said, you know, it's an evil system. Why don't you put your money where your mouth is, George? And so he, you know, he got up off his dusty button, did And was very open, very, very open about how hard it is for uh, it is for black people to make it out in Hollywood, and very real about how Hollywood feels about black movies. Oh yeah. Not just that. A lot of those black girls out there prostituting themselves, and a lot of black men are prostituting themselves to become a damn star. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. And you go down there, and I'm sure this brother knows, you go go down there to Hollywood Boulevard, and you see all that glitters is not gold. All of them runaways. Oh, yeah. to be discovered, selling themselves, strung out on dope. It's heartbreaking. I mean, this is all well, racist. These are our young people out here on the street. Well, Bobby Hammond talked about it a long time ago, and I, I saw Steve Copeland talk about it, the gay boule. And uh, a, a gay man um, wrote the book Hiding Behind Hip Hop, and he said it's, it's known out there in Hollywood. Usually all day uh, they have fuck houses, basically for the men. Go in there, get screwed with whatever drink, dope, alcohol you want, and they just butt naked and get fucked and passed around all day, and that's really the business of Hollywood. You want to get in the movie, you want to get a deal. I even talked to young men that are in the music industry, can't get no deals because they saying the major gay people in Atlanta for music is gay. The major gatekeepers in New York, all the major gatekeepers in the major cities that are looking for talent, for young black men, singers or rappers, they gay. If you cannot get past the gay gatekeepers, you're not getting no deal. They don't care how talented you are. Mm-hmm. And that's the way they got it set up right now But see That's why they try to change the internet laws Because mm-hmm. see, the internet was supposed to open it, up, open it up and level the playing field Where you didn't need the machine to make it mm-hmm. So all of all the people that run the machine Are behind this uh, anti uh, What they call anti-pirate bill so you got to go to them to get distribution. You got to go to them to get produced in uh, uh, studio time and all this. Whereas now you can you can do it yourself. If you have a high def camera and and, and 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 modest amount of sound equipment, you can record your own uh, music and get out here and get your own tracks and hits. Yeah. You don't need them. And there are a lot of underground artists that are out here like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, you would be you would be done to try to get signed on uh, in, in any art form now, the way it is. 
Well, it's still more difficult because you don't have any financial backing. You don't have any sponsors. Everybody and their mom yeah. are now trying to be a rapper, male, female, young. Oh, they got their website. They got their YouTube. They got their Facebook. And most of them still ain't making no money. They're scraping and scratching yep. to survive unless they got somebody to back them up or they got another job. These major corporations are not going to pay attention to them. A lot of them definitely ain't going to pay attention to me because they don't like the message that I'm bringing and I will not compromise myself and suck dick and make an imbecile of myself just to become famous or or to get a TV show. I, I know personally what they're saying is true because I've experienced it on, on the backside of the game. They, the people make this look so glamorous and so wonderful and you get this deal and you go here and you hang with these people you go to this part. That's what I realized here in Atlanta. The, the people I know who hang out and people that write the stories, they always tell us, you got to go to this party. You got to know this person. You got to be introduced to that person. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't go to parties. I don't drink. I don't smoke. Well, that's the only way you're going to get your deal. So it's like you're going to have to be introduced to this person, that person. You're going to have to be here at a certain time on this street, you know, on this night, and you're going to have to run in this circle. If you don't run in this circle or if you ain't fucking, you ain't getting Uh-oh. nowhere. I don't care how many good. That's just the way it is, brother. That's, that's personally what I know from being here in Atlanta. Yeah. No, you're right, and that and that's and that's why they try to string out the the last bit, the last way out to go yep. independent. They try to cut all that out, so you 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 know you'll be absolutely forced to go that way. Yes, 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 and that's why a lot of people give up and they go ahead on and give in. Because one of my other friends said, um, his friend, very talented, he got offered a record deal. And they, they literally had a meeting where they said, we like you, we want to give you a major million-dollar deal, but, um, you know, we want you to do some fucking with another man. And they said, you know, hey, you don't do it, you're going to be back in your pole, goddamn ghetto, poverty-stricken-ass life. You Uh-oh. do do it, you're going to get this deal, we're going to make you famous, you're going to be in TV, TV. you're going to be in everybody's household, you're going to be in the stove. So you think about it, and you come back and, and let us know. And he told my friend, he was like, I don't know what to do. I'm torn because I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of not having shit, working hard, scraping and struggling. My family's poor. If I do this deal, if I just fuck with a nigga one time, I'm going to have this big multimillion-dollar contract. I'm going to be famous. I ain't got to do that no more. Then I can just go through that little gateway and go straight on up to get what I want. So he was kind of torn, and then when I asked him about it a few weeks ago, he said, he said, no, I thought about it. He said, I'm not going to do that. I, I don't want to be with no man. I don't like men, and I don't want no money so much that I'm going to just have one little escapade with a nigga in a high position to green light his deal. So when he said no, he got another record label in Miami to pick him up. Good. Hallelujah. But that doesn't really happen. Yeah. That, that doesn't happen. You know, a lot of these boys sell out, they give out, and then they get up there with that sagging pants, jailhouse shit, get on the stage, Uh-oh. these dumbass women and young girls hollering at him, oh, yeah, he's so hard, he got gold teeth in his mouth. His, his pants are really sagging most of the time because his ass is leaking, booty hole been busted with a whole bunch of dick. That's why he on stage like that. Pants are sagging. It's the illusion. Got to fit the diapers in there. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why, that's it's why the diaper's Yeah, that's why it's that illusion. Yeah. What's that, brother? That's why I said the the, the, the uh, adult diaper commercials are on all day and night. 
Yeah, but this is the kicker here. I still cannot figure this out. And y'all tell me if y'all haven't seen it. I go in this drug store, in the supermarket all the time. I see the aisle with the adult pamphlets, but I don't see a whole bunch of people over there grabbing, squeezing on the bag of pamphlets. But I know they selling because they keep a whole, I mean, it ain't no little section. It's a whole aisle of damn pamphlets. I know somebody buying them, but how am I supposed to get in there real quick and slick like that to get them without nobody seeing them, picking them up and going to the cash register? Do y'all see them? I don't see a lot of people buying pamphlets. Yeah, I told you I saw that old woman. I looked at her. I said, mm, all right, girl. Yeah, but you don't see no whole bunch of people lined up, and you definitely don't see no whole bunch of young people lined up buying no pamphlets, and we know they're using them. I believe they get there early in the morning. Yeah, they get they get there off hours. Yeah, with That's it. When nobody there, and they can grab and get their, uh, you know, supply. Yeah, get their KY jelly. They're going about their business. And their diapers and going about their business. <laughs> They freak kid. They call us a freak kid. Sad. What? You didn't know that? No, a freak kid. A freak kid. You can get your freak on if you got the freak kit. You got to come with your rubber. You got to come with your diapers. You got to come with your KY jelly. You got to come with your uh, your tea bag. Remember no, tea bag? Huh? Tea bag. What is that? Tea bag up another human being's anus. Got caught with that uh, she-mail. Got caught with that faggot out there on Santa Monica Boulevard. 
Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, uh, greetings, everyone. How are you? Fine. Doing fine, brother. How are you? All right, I'm great. I wanted to chime in. Uh, you had made a comment about why are they attempting to have an agenda to, you know, to eradicate certain people. Yeah. I explained it one time to a young lady who had some kind of complexes about her skin, and I was I'm a musician okay. and I teach I teach uh, children instruments with African percussion and whatnot. I told right. her, I said, you don't ever have to feel bad about, you know, about your uh, your skin because we're very special people. And she said, well, what makes you say that? I said, your skin can react to a sun that's nine, a star that's 93 trillion miles away. How does your skin know to pretty much balance itself out? I said, that's a cosmic mm. intelligence. So, mm. in you know, in just in, uh, in perspective, it truly is, you know, dark matter. Because anywhere we go, we affect and we change things. We terraform things. That's right. Our, our ancestors that during the time, you know, you know, they, over there ancient Kemet, I mean, it was a lot more fertile. But who the hell can put a farm in a desert? That's genius. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, brother. That, and, and see, that goes back to the, the to the metaphysical and the physical mechanics of what I was saying earlier. That mm-hmm. it is the key to it all. And understanding how to get to the next level is tied to our melanin. Absolutely. And even and, uh, Hitler. Right. Excuse me. I'm listening. Oh, go ahead. No, Hitler was obsessed with that. Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, he was into, you know, the different sciences of that nature, and he had uh, it figured out with a lot of other, you know, uh, paleoarchaeologists to know that they can't even touch and do different things if their body is not on a certain uh, electromagnetic frequency. You can't even get near certain artifacts. I mean, as a musician, I perform at different places, and I see how it affects people. There's only one group of people on the planet who don't like drums. Think about that. Think about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, can I chime in? Like like they said, before us, there was done, and after us, there'd be no more. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. You know, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. You know, before us it was not, and after us it would be no more. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to get rid of something without getting rid of yourself? That's like, Absolutely. you know, this morning, cutting off your nose despite your face. You can't do nothing about the African-American uh, 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 man or woman. Shoot, we, we're the mother of them all. We're the mother of them all. So, you know, it's, yeah. that's the way it is. So you would fail at you would fail at that attempt because you know like you said before us there was none after us to be no more. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is, and, I, and whether it's, and you can see it, you know whether it's on the basketball court, whether we're on stage, whatever we do, whatever we touch, if you let us touch it long enough, we're gonna get it down. Why do you think they kept trying to keep us out of golf for so long? Chop about that, and a, yeah. yeah, and a black man had been in the golf team. How about that? Yeah. They try to keep us away from hockey and all this different stuff because, you know, if we get it down, we're going to get it. And, unfortunately, the way we've been getting in it is because of the people uh, like Tiger Woods who have white, have black, and, you know, and, and things like that, so they get in. They get in because their parent is white or whatever, and their parent put them in that particular sport and finally have the money to put them in that particular sport or take them to that uh, country club and, and have enough money to get them in that country club and 
and that's, and that's why it's changing. But once one of us get in, it's like we're so dominant. You know, you know and I'm glad I'm glad you brought the point up about golf and just in different areas because if you notice wherever there is a depopulation of indigenous people is where the most natural disasters happen. Tornado mm-hmm. Alley mm-hmm. ain't nothing but indigenous burial ground. Mudslides, the same thing over there in California. Right. And where right. they hide a lot of our sacred places and things, what we used to do is they put a golf course right on top of it. It's full of mouths and different things there. Wow. Well, that's the same thing that happened down at uh, North and South Carolina along the um, uh, Outer Banks. Um, if you go back and look at the history of hurricanes hitting the East Coast, hurricanes uh, hardly ever uh, took the route along what is called Gulliland. A, 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 a Geechieville. Mm-hmm. You know about that, Sister Alexis, don't you? Yes. And as soon as they got in there and started buying us out and putting up them uh, million-dollar homes and golf courses, them hurricanes and tornadoes started hitting their behind. Mm-hmm. But as long as we were living there and we were harmony with what was going on, and we were trying to dig up no Native American or, 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 or black slave cemeteries and all that, I mean, they were so blatant. They were actually digging up the coffins out the ground and letting them float out in the, in the ocean <laughs> to make room for a golf course, to make room for a resort. Exactly. I can show you. I can see the articles. Mm-hmm. And I told my wife back then. I said, "See, ain't nothing gonna happen with that place but evil, and you about to see it." And hurricane, not only the hurricane is going to hit that place. I want to uh, add, also add, uh, bring something else to light that, uh, you know, to the people here on the show. You talk about international gentrification. I don't know if people mm. are aware, but China has a, has different places, you know, set up now in Africa. And of all right. places, in Ethiopia. Right. You know, that yeah. was the last, they, they resisted the Berlin Conference, all different types of different, you know, things and incursions, and now they got that smack dab there. I mean, wow. Yeah, and they're marrying the women. They yeah, are marrying the women. women. Oh, hell no. Oh, yeah. yeah Chinese, are right. Chinese men are married right. to African women. That's right. Yeah, having children with them. Yeah, we, we have uh, T-West. We have T-West from African uh Afro Synergy on YouTube. He deals with world news and news in Africa, and we've been dealing with it the past couple of weeks. He's been coming on the show, breaking that down, and saying we need to do partnerships with Africa now. They want us to uh, come home and unite with them. Everybody's doing partnership with them, but us. Uh, mm. I mean, they done screwed Mother Africa down to the damn white meat. Right. And brother, it's to the point now where you got um, Arabs, Indians, and Chinese are, are, are just basically taking the land in the name of food security. The Koreans are big on this, and uh, our own people back in Africa are sharecroppers on their own land. Yeah, sharecroppers yeah. growing food for Korea and China. Yeah, and India. Well, it's all about natural resources, food and water. It's going to be the it. highest commodity. People will be fighting. We see it now with the prices going up. And food. You know what? 
But that goes back to Victor Brzezinski's remark. Why is the black man the number one threat? Mm-hmm. This was because we are the true ICBM. I keep telling people this. I said, we got the real missile. Right. If we launch it right, we can wipe all these people off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of other people know that, but and it's they like know that. sadly, but we don't know that ourselves. A lot of us, and and you can just look at it. If you let us in anything, we and you know, you give us time, we dominate it. I don't care if you let us in Stanford, you let us in, in the scholars. We have good scholars, all the way from Morehouse all the way on down. If you let us, you let us in golf, we pretty soon we dominate that. You let us in politics, who has the charisma that Obama has? Or some of these other African American gentlemen, whether it's Republican, Democrat, we find them too. You want you want a black Republican, you find that too. And any anything that we do, we do well, and and we so sadly, uh, a lot of times just fall into this. Oh, we're only good at certain things. We're only good at dancing, music. No, we're good at everything. Look, look at all the black and African American scholars that you have. Look at all of the uh, the good uh, black governors and politicians. I mean, hell, we're even good as police chiefs. Anything you put us in, African-Americans prevail, whether it's African-American female or male. Look at the things Oprah done. Look at the things our black comedians. What, what, how, how can you get better than any comedians but black comedians? And you know so what? The best, the best musicians are black. So the best actors and actresses are black. And that's why they try to keep a, a lid on, I mean, a ceiling on it, because they know that if you let them in, let these African Americans in. They're gonna dominate. I don't care if it's beauty pageants. I don't care if it's actors, or actors, or comedians. It, we're gonna we're gonna excel past everybody else because we have that charisma. We have that something about us that nobody else has, and we're born with it. That's the sad thing. We don't have to go to school for twenty years to learn how to do it. And not only that, I want to add in on a, a scientific and an engineering uh, fact as well. Mm-hmm. In 1989, a gentleman from Kenya, his name was Philip Emongali, and he made the world's first microprocessor that did 6.1 billion calculations per second, and they affectionately wow. called him the Black Bill Gates. The right. device, the cell phone, the prototype for the cell phone, and even the layout for that was by gentleman Henry T. Sampson in 1972. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see, but they, a lot of that they don't want you to know, and the reason they don't want you to know is because, you know, it, it says something. It says something positive. It says something strong about your own heritage, and they want to keep mm-hmm. it little. They want to make everything ugly. I mean, come on, these guys, these kids, uh, they breed these basketball players in Europe to shoot and to do all these things, but LeBron James has that natural ability. I mean, Nobody took this kid and, and, and taught him how to shoot and taught him how to do all this stuff. He learned it out there playing on the streets, doing what he's doing. It's just a physical, it's just a natural talent that Kobe Bryant has. Well, brother, Michael Jordan I... has it. Eventually, eventually, they try to teach it. And, yeah, some of the guys do well because they have to learn by who, from playing with who, and learning from who. They have to watch African-American Athlete in order to and study him in order for them to be uh, successful at it. That's why they don't want black quarterbacks. Once we start doing that, look how many more black quarterbacks there is in the league now. You let one, then you know. First we saw Doug Williams. Before Doug Williams, there were several, but Doug Williams, the first successful one, won a Super Bowl. 
And after that, after that, we dominate in college pretty much. You used to, you used to turn on and watch college football. You didn't hardly see no black quarterbacks. Now you see tons of them. We can throw. We can run. We, we're mobile. We're physical. It's, we can, <laughs> what, what can you do? We can play in the pocket. We can run. We can Come on, man. This is why they kept you out of that quarterback arena for so long and try to say, well, a black man can't think. They weren't smart enough to play quarterback. We were smart enough to play quarterback. Matter of fact, we were smart enough. Not only were we smart enough, we, was, we had the physical ability to go with that smart. That's something that they lacked. Okay, hold on. Let me, see, uh, let me try to take some calls before we go on. Uh, Eric code 770, did you have a question or comment, 770? Area code 111, do you have any questions or comments, 111? Area code 267, do you have any questions or comments, area code 267? Area code 937, do you have a question or comment, area code 937? Brother Hebrew, I wanted to ask you about what we were talking about earlier before we got on the show, um, what you know about the history of people uh, in power even before slavery or during slavery, how they came up with the agenda uh, of bitchification of niggas and how they are importing like this whole tranny explosion from yeah. what we're seeing a lot of men feel safe being a bitch or appearing as a bitch. This whole bitchification and goddamn feminization uh, of a nigga. Okay. Uh, during the process of breaking, when they broke you in to be a slave, uh, they would first of all when they when they, during the, after the middle passage, they, they brought you to the Caribbean. They would take you through a process. Of breaking down your mental, psychic, and spiritual values. We all kind of familiar with that. Change your religion, change your name, get you in certain modus operandum, how to operate, how to appear, to appease around white folks, how to act, your mannerism, the way you carry yourself, your your, your appearances, uh, so forth and so on. But there was another part to the breaking process that is not often. Uh, talked about, but it's well documented. When you read some of the owners' uh, letters and their wives and mistresses, when they were talking about the breaking down of the sexual fever, as they put it, mm-hmm. and passions of the black uh, slaves. Mm. And they had it codified and broken down by gentlemen. And one thing that really caught my attention uh, in the process of, of uh, in the breaking camps, they said when you are uh, before the young black male slave reaches puberty, it is imperative that he have at least one homosexual experience. Mm. And that it is also imperative that the inner uh, house slave, male house slave, be a uh, eunuch, and 
case you don't know what a eunuch is, that's one a, a male who has been castrated, mm-hmm. who is quote unquote uh, acting very effeminate and sexually castrated when he doesn't have testicles, where he's safe to have in the, in the big house around mm-hmm. these single mm-hmm. white females, who are the mm. uh, mistresses and maids of the house under uh, Miss Anne or the or the head white woman of the house. Because Miss mm-hmm. Ann, Miss Ann, not only did she have her daughters and her nieces in the house with her, she had other indentured white female slaves, <laughs> that's what they were, imported from Europe, because back in Europe they owed some white folks some money. So they put them pole crackers on a, bu- on a boat and brought them over here. And they put mm. the pole crackers in the house to, they had certain trades and certain uh, skills, what they could do, what they were good at, and and their job was to uh, teach the, the black mammies and uh, uh, the black female slaves how to act and how to gentrify. Because in that same code, it said that the black female slaves, before they hit age of puberty, is to be sure that she experienced the forbidden fruits of lesbianism. In those words. So, they got you going and coming on both sides of the equation. So, that's how they can build up the black male uh, hatred thing going. You see what I'm saying? How they, how they can fix that in your psyche before you even know who you are, quote unquote, at puberty, mm-hmm. at puberty phase. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so a lot of these rich white planters, they would have these uh, transvestite balls. Mm. I'm serious. This was big in uh, Mobile, New Orleans, uh, Tampa, Jacksonville, uh, mm. most of your coastal cities that had large influxes of pirates and uh, other mm. seafarers that would come in. They would have huge... Uh, Transvestite parties where they involved their uh, black slaves, and they were really pimping them out to the uh, to the sailors and pirates. Mm, mm, mm. And they were making wear dresses and put on makeup mm. and feminize, especially if they were if they were half breed looking uh, black male slaves. They half breed, quarter quarter breed, octoroon, quadroon, quadroon, you know, <laughs> they would dress them up. With dress with the finest dresses and finest apparel and and, uh, and, and perfume and, and give them baths everything and they would pimp them out to these uh, men sailors coming off these boats. Yeah. So this whole yeah. thing about exploitation mm-hmm. of black male sexuality goes way back into the deep psychic of the, of, 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 of of America. And Dick Gregory who's one of my teachers, trying to tell us about the level of insanity that we're dealing with. Mm. And then he got the nerve enough to preach to us about some God or some religion that he don't even know nothing about. And keep us away from the truth of the book mm. about who the true people are. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is deep. Because now they're setting the motion. This is what I'm, this is 
what I'm coming to about when we were talking about prophecy and all that? Yes. They want to cut off our legs and cut off our arms to spite our eyes so we will never see who we truly are. Mm. When you get to the core of it, they know we are the true lost house Israel. Mm-hmm. The true tribes of of, of, of of the ten lost tribes of Israel. They know that. They teach that in secret. All the Masonic lodges, they teach that in secret. They whisper it amongst themselves. Has the widow son has the widow's son awakened from her, from his deep sleep? No mm. one, Master. No watch, Master. The widow's son has not awakened from his deep sleep. He still sleep and slumbers. In other words, that nigga still in the corner high and sleep mm. and off from that heroin we gave last night. Mm-mm. He's so high, he got busted in the booty hole. He don't even know he's the son of God. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. And then in one instance, they know we can call. And bam, it's right there. They know this. And we can end all of this madness in one breath. That's why the Jews practice that secret stuff. Hello? Kabbalism. And they tell them other Jews, don't you tell them niggas about that. Okay. And please don't, and please don't talk about that Yahweh talk to them, to them niggas over there. Mm-hmm. Especially them Ethiopians. Especially them Ethiopians. Keep that quiet. Because if we become so divorced from the true house and the true mind and the true way, that Yahweh just straight cut us off for good. And like I said, all they want is a big word for black in their soul to make it. It's oh, we we done with them niggas now. I mean, they got a book called Who Needs a Negro Now? Who Needs a Negro? What's it it called? Who is a Negro? No, it's a book oh, called Who Needs the Negro Now by Sidney Wilhelm. And in that book, he talks about that we will be replaced on the low-end jobs by the uh, Hispanics and uh-huh. we'll be replaced on the top-end jobs by the Asians. And that's what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dr. Claude and he, he even said that book in 1987. He said, we'll start on the West Coast. As God is my witness, I got in my car and took off and headed to Washington, D.C. from Los Angeles. Drove all night, all day, for two days straight to Washington, D.C. Got to Washington, D.C. with $5 in my pocket and some change. I ain't never looked back to what the L.A. And, that's the, and, that, and California is, 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 is so, so-called land of my birth. I go back and visit. And now all of our relatives who still live out there said, brother, you was right. They cutting us off head to toe. I said, you know what? I am predicting that the massive wave of exodus will occur. It will start in the state of California and move into Nevada, Arizona, all the western states. You're going to see massive, more massive out, outflow of blacks out, out of those areas. Why? Because it's becoming uninhabitable. And if there's a second uh, bounce up in real estate, I'm advising every single black within the sound of my voice and on my uh, blog list, if you got an offer to sell your house and walk away with some money and move somewhere, get out of the state of California, start there. Mm-hmm. 
because they try to get the Brown to go against us. And they got them boys hypnotized with making some fast dope money. But the deal they made with the white supremacists and the, and, and the Aryan Brotherhood in the prisons, the Mexican Mafia, the MS-13, they said, get rid of the nigga. You get rid of the nigga, you got a place in America forever. We will put you in the military. We'll get you U.S. citizenship. We'll get you uh, uh, unlimited uh, dope money coming in and out of this country. But you got to take care of that nigga because we ain't going to take care of it for you. You got to get in there and take care of and that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Y'all thought it was. And, and, and on the flip side, with the Asians, like you said, the Asian invasion uh, is, is, is the other side to the equation. It wasn't just Brother Natasha Harlan out there in South Central LA getting shot over a damn 50 cent jar of orange juice. Do you know how many blacks got shot at during that Rodney King riots by Asian yeah. uh, 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 storefront owners? Who are on top of their roof with their semi-automatic AR-15 rifles plucking us down like ducks? Mm-mm. And didn't even get recorded as a casualty? Mm-mm. Yeah, he's right. I remember. I ain't going to talk about right. what happened down in New Orleans. I mean, my goodness, uh, the sister congressman already told y'all that it was deaths by the thousands down there at, at the Katrina. Quiet. They're going to cut off our legs and our arms. When I mean about arms and legs, I don't mean, I'm, I'm talking about it symbolically. In other words, the brother was speaking about black doctors and black uh, physicians and politicians and black sports figures. That's the head. That's the top. You see, they want us top heavy. Okay, mm. move on up. Then we're going to cut off your head from your neck down and see how long you live, nigga. Because mm-hmm. your crips and your bloods and all your street guys, your, all that, we got that. You ain't got, mm-hmm. no street, you ain't got no street guys. All that's gone, mm-hmm. we got them. And mm-hmm. the ones that's left out here in the street, we're going to turn them into faggots. Yeah. And that's what they've done. And we're going to keep putting this stuff in the fluoride, that water, and this stuff in the air, Tim Trails, all that. We're going to keep doping them up till we turn every last one of these young boys into faggots. Mm. And we're going to make it a right. We're going to present it as a U.N. human rights topic. And if these African countries and these so-called uh, 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 black neighborhoods don't accept this lifestyle as a human right of expression, mm-hmm. it will be deemed uh, hate teaching in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Or, or, uh, domestically mm-hmm. and uh, externally. Mm-hmm. The country will be cut off from uh, getting receiving any more uh, economic aid from the World Bank, IMF, and the U.S. government. We're not going to give you no more money if you don't accept faggotry and lesbianism as a way of human right and a, and a way of life. Uh, uh, Nigeria, Kenya, all the rest of you African countries, we're going to cut you off. We're going to cut off your legs and your arms and spite your, spite your face. Because mm-hmm. we want you top-heavy. And that's why I said they're using other people to backfill all the empty spots. 
you got to think about it. Every time one of us go off the radar, they backfill it with something. Mm-hmm. That's why they said when they passed that law in Alabama about uh, immigration, and all the messages left out of there. I mean, the, the 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 liquor store was empty, the church was empty, the everything was empty, the hotel, everything. I mean, they were crying. They were like, "Please come back." We thought we. Could. They had to change the law back the way it was, <laughs> so they could bring their baskets back to pick up tomatoes and stuff, because they had they had emptied it out too quick. That's what's happening in the black deep south. You think you're going to pack up your bags and, and head down the see most black people on the west coast, they're from uh people their people relatives are from Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana. Because that was the most easiest, convenient way to get on a train or get on a plane or get on a bus or drive a car was to uh to get to the western states or either uh, go straight up uh Interstate fifty seven, go straight to Chicago or Detroit. Either you went north that way or you went west. You didn't go too much, too far east. You didn't go further down deep south because you show what you know Mississippi, Louisiana. You weren't going back any further south. <laughs> you were trying to get a little freer. So you thought, but we played their hand by selling our land. When they took and or we sold our land to them, we gave up our base. So now when we go back. We're having to repurchase the same land we just sold to them at a much higher mm-hmm. price. Mm-hmm. So a lot of black folks, they say, oh, yeah, I, I can I can sell my house, my house in Baldwin Hills for a million dollars. I can move down to Dallas and buy a house for a couple hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. Let's see how long that lasts. Let's see just how long that lasts. Mm. You were better off. With the 150 acres that your great grandmama had in Arkansas, that you were with that little uh, so-called mini mansion in, in, in the mm-hmm. south side of Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Because that white man is drilling all on the same land you just sold. Mm-hmm. That's why I said we got played out of pocket so hard. It's gonna take. A what they call a study, an intense study of all black intellectuals need to get together right now and compute and compound a a serious, workable solution that we got to act upon in the next five years or black people will be extinct in America. You will not find, you will not find, you will not find an authentic black culture remaining anywhere in the Americas in the next five to ten years, maximum ten, if we don't act now. Mm-hmm. There's more than just setting up a compound or a commune or whatever. We could do that. Yeah, that's that's good on a small level. But we need something in a huge way, quick. We need a workable, quickable solution now. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we will be strangled. It's a mm-hmm. slow strangulation process. That's why I said they want us top heavy. When you cut off the head, the neck, the, the head can't, cannot receive any more blood, fresh, fresh blood, or inspiration or air for new ideas. And we, uh, that's why when we cut off the, 
cut on TV or look at these uh, uh, shows and look at even even sports. It's becoming drier and drier and drier as it becomes as it becomes more and more corporatized. You see, they want you to keep dunking in balls like Michael Jordan. Like the brother said, they want to study you. Get you down to a doggone video game. They got your moves. On these video games, they got you down. I mean, they got Michael Jackson. They got Michael Jordan. They got Mike Tyson. They got everybody down on these video games. I mean, it's shocking. The level that they got this thing granulated to. That I know they up to something with us. Mm. This whole what is called a uh, oh cloud technology, and by by ways they can obs- make observations about your buying habits, your patterns. No, it's more than just that. They are watching everything they can about your body movements, your perceptions, your thoughts. They have machines now that can read your thought. The British, I, I put that link out there some time ago, Sister Alex. You remember? Right. That the British have a computer that can read your brain. They can yes, intercept they your can alpha learn. and beta waves and translate it into electromagnetic uh, uh, reading and understand exactly what you're thinking. Well, you know, I saw so yesterday the, they have that in New York now. There, there's a laser or uh, there's a, a weapon that can scan New York people walking on the street now. To see if you got any weapons under your clothes before they uh, approach you. They have cameras and microphones in the street lights. You outside because you don't want to talk on the phone and you don't want to talk on the internet. You think that you're safe for standing outside on the street light? Wrong. They got that as well. They can do bio retina scans from uh, satellites up in the sky. Read your retina. Read your license plate. Oh yeah. <laughs> check your breathing, your heart rate, your fingerprint. They can scan all that stuff from outer space. Quickly. Quickly. It's I mean, a got, movie <laughs> that came out. It's a movie that came out my friend was telling me about that, um, and you know if it's a movie, they're telling you basically they already had it or they're going to implement it in the public. A man died in like a few minutes and they had him on life support. After he died, they had someone else to go in his body and they could actually go back through his body, through his mind in that dimension and be able to see who was the killer on a particular bus where the man was at. Uh, oh yeah. When, when he died, right before. Mm-hmm. They got all that technology. Matter of fact, I have a um, this a Blu-ray here. I mean, I'm still looking at this thing. I'm still trying to piece it together. I'm still trying to because I'm reading things in the real world, quote unquote, and how it matches up with this movie. I'm trying to find the movie now. I know I just had it out here. Uh, not Invictus. It's another movie uh, that was dealing with dreams and how they can really peel away at your dreams and uh, scan your dreams. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Inception. You see, most black folks mm-hmm. don't see a movie. like it's, it's too long. It's too boring. It's not enough action in it. not enough sex and not enough shooting. So they got a, they put a movie out here called Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Everybody need to go rent this movie because now they got the science at that level. 
But the interesting thing about it, they, how they show how they use these so-called third world developing countries as test beds for this type of uh, neurotechnology. Mm-hmm. Just like the brother was saying earlier about, hey, they're using the Philippines and these other countries with test bed for uh, uh, viruses, you know, uh, uh, vaccines against uh, her, uh, AIDS virus. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, they 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 may already have a cure for it, but guess what? <clears throat> they probably got something doggone more powerful waiting for you. Mm-hmm. If they got a cure for uh, for AIDS, they got some ten thousand times more stronger waiting. And and and, and they go wait till they kill off some more people, and then uh, introduce the cure, and make a whole lot of money, and then uh, everybody be sick with the, sick with the new virus. Because they know, like my sister said, black folks got to eat, and uh, they're gonna have sex. We just not go. We're not gonna stop. We just not gonna stop. But see, they perverted our very essence. And it's, I mean, peculiar how this how this wicked demon got in your head and flipped it around. I mean, it's. Not just in one spot. I mean, it's like across the board now. Yes. It's like, where is this coming from? It's got to be coming from somewhere. It's got to originate. It's got to have an origin. Everything has an origin. Yes. So if you look at the bioweapons programs of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and you come up to what we have now, you see where this stuff has come from. And where it's trying to go, like I said, it's going to that zero population or depopulation uh, theory. Too many people of color on planet Earth, so we gotta we gotta get rid of them so we can get down to five hundred five hundred million people. Since today, have you been by those Georgia uh, uh, stones there? Yes. Yeah. Have you been yes. by there lately? No, I just read about it. And I'm watching the video on. I'm not sure if I want to go down now. Why do I need to? I just wanted, you know, just take a crew down there with you and just take a look at them. I know that somebody said that they would, somebody had somebody had defaced them. Oh, Lord. But, okay, I got to call and check because I don't want to go alone. Okay. Yeah, you got you to gotta take a crew down there with you. I just want you to get down there and feel the spirit and the energy of this. Okay. And report back to us what is, what is, what is it that you felt about this? Georgia Lowestone, where yeah. it's placed is key. The longitude, latitude, where it's facing is key. The different, the number of letters, how it's described, the, the different languages, and where they point to it, where it's pointing off to it. All this means has a meaning. This way, don't put nothing past his cracker. Everything he does in society has a meaning. Only niggas on the corner shoot dice don't have no purpose. They don't have an, uh, an agenda. Other than a shoot this and try to make a crash or, or, or bust seven to get this money off the table and run for my life. I'm not thinking about yeah. the next 25, 50, 100, or 1,000 years in the future. This cracker is trying to plan for the beyond 2012. He got he got to somehow make it. Doggone it, and I need that black boy on the corner to make it. Mm-hmm. There's no other way. I tried everything, plastic surgery, chemical injection. I, I, I gotta, I gotta have that nigga to make it. 
And you know what bothered me is that I was looking at these training videos and I was telling black women because those men uh, have so many similar ways and they look like us with their surgeries because they study black women. They pick out different black women they want to look like, be like. They look at the type that black men are attracted to. They study us behind our back and then you see them coming out with the blood injections, breast injections, leg injections, face and reconstruction, hair, because these men study black women and then call themselves trannies or TS girls or chicks with dicks. And one thing I noticed, brother, is that I sat and I watched these black ones. It's a rise in these um, vitrified men that want to appear as women, and they'll put TS in front of their name and let you know they're transsexual because a lot of black men are turned on by transsexuals, as they said last night on our show. And I was watching it carefully, and one black man, he actually looked like a black woman. I watched his mannerisms, and, and it's just like a lot of black men say why they like the women in Brazil and the trannies in Brazil, and why they like trannies, period. They were talking about the tranny was real submissive and demure and coy with this man, and I could tell the man was white behind the camera, and he was, had taught this man, this black man, how to act like and move and appear as a black bitch. And this black uh. man standing there trying to look at Yeah, it was a white man, and I could see him sometimes. You could see his arm and shit. It was this white man that had turned this figure out, and he said, oh, you've been away for a while. He said, yes, she wants to see my surprise, and... He pulled his dick out in between his ass and had to, and took his shirt off. He's like my new titties. You like my surprise I have? And I really got it then. I said, see, a lot of black women don't know what's going on here, and they don't want to know what's going on here, and they don't want to look at this stuff. I don't look at it because it's a deep education for me. We need to go see, like you said, what's going on in a mental, emotional, or spiritual, or financial, a psychic, and a social and historic level, what yep. is going on here? And I saw that these white men coach these black men on how to become a black female, a demure, submissive black female, but they turned on because it is a male. They don't really want, not the male touch no black porn star, not no girl. They want a boy that they can turn into a bitch boy. That is really what right. they want, and he was, they bent over, they served them, they don't raise their voice like me or what they call another black woman that's a bitch or too aggressive, too intimidating, too threatening. <coughs> this is a large, multi-million, probably billion-dollar market, and a lot of these men feel, these black men feel, fuck it, if I can't make it, and I'm being seen as a threatening nigga, I'm going to go through bitchification. Hey, sister, did you see that one clip I sent you about the transvestites in Brazil in terms of, like, I mean, they just said, I just want to eat. Mm, yeah. To the point where I just want to mm. eat. Mm. Mm. I mean, you turn to tricks. Mm. Are you not even supporting your own family just to the point where you just want to eat? So but once again, go back to Mm-hmm. I'm saying once again it goes back to the, what I said earlier. We we gave up the land 
And now we have absolutely no security and no power. But what really does it, what power does a man have if he's now vitrified and the only way he can either damn meatball sandwich is he got to chew on a nigga nut or let a nigga oh. grease his lips with calm like he lining them with Woo. a fucking lip liner. I mean, that ain't really no power right there. But every uh, time, it's just like my friend from the, it's a gay young man, it's a friend of mine, he's from the Dominican Republic. He be showing me this stuff. And it's some young boys, and they picked the black boys over there in Brazil, the Dominican Republic. They got them nine and ten year old black boys and white men. Like you yep. said, they create scarcity, they create poverty. So now they're going to take the little children and use the little boys. Now you're going to dance around. They got the black boys that are friends. A lot of them not really friends no more because they got both of them on the porn table. Okay, you suck his dick. Okay, you've been over. They, I, they, he sent me a video with two young black boys over there in the Dominican Republic in an empty swimming pool, water drained all out. He made this man fuck the other little boy all in his ass. He's shitting off turds sh- sh- coming out of his ass. And he yep. pulled his dick out the boy's ass, let him finish, then kept fucking him on his ass. So it's because, you know, a lot of people got fetishes of watching people being fucked while they shitting on themselves, pissing in their mouth, shitting all in the mouth. They turning these young boys. Spanish, Afro-Cuban boys, Afro-Spanish boys, in these Brazilian countries, these Spanish countries, them the ones they're picking first. They're going to them young black boys, and them boys are doing that to survive, getting two and three damn dollars, and having these uh, poems of them put on the Internet and sold all yep. around the world by these white men. Yeah, it's an industry system. It is an industry. And... Uh, Latin America, I'll tell you from personal experience, it's far more racist than what we uh, initially perceived to be. Far more racist. And you talk about color struck. They are color struck in Brazil and in other Latin American countries to a degree that is beyond what you would see in the Deep South. Mm-hmm. They got it real bad over there. The blacker you are, the sweeter you got to be. Sister's absolutely right. You don't see any black men in top positions nowhere in Latin America. Mm-hmm. Nowhere. Minister of State, Industry, TV, except for sports. That's it. You can play ball. You can play soccer. Outside of that, nothing coming, amigo, except a life of being a transvestite. Yeah, and getting pushed out in the ass on tape. Yeah, by these uh, rich Spanish men. Mm, who got HIV. You know, yeah, they got HIV. Me. Mm-hmm. Put it right in your butthole. No shame in their game. No protection. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Them boys I seen in the tape, they were not using protection on them boys. Think and them boys that. were not right. able to fuck each other with no protection. None. I mean, for what it's worth. I mean, gee whiz, but I mean, none. Zero. 
And what were you saying? You see them now, truck, bring them, drop them off at truck stop. They're now going to replace the nigger tranny, the real black nigger head tranny, with the light skin tranny and the Spanish tranny from Brazil. That's it. That's what they're doing. They're coming up here. They're invading up on the East Coast now. Cumberland, Maryland, uh, Altoona, Pennsylvania. Uh, I mean, I can just name the cities I've gone through and gone to these different towns and whatnot, driving around and seen them with my own eyes. I said, oh, God, I said, it used to be the uh, the black tranny up here turning the tricks. Now they didn't replace them. Buffalo, New York. 85% unemployment rate for black male. Only job you could get was being a dope dealer or a transvestite. Only <laughs> job. Selling dope or busted booty. I mean, I'll get busted. Lord, but no other job. With the economy going the way it's going and with them devaluing money, what is going to be the form of currency to trade? If they ain't going to be able to trade no money, even selling dope or getting their ass busted. They're going to get their ass busted for a tuna sandwich. With lettuce and pickle and tomato. Okay. Yeah, I kind of figured it would reduce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said, that's why I showed the article about what's happening in Brazil with them young uh, uh, black male transvestites in it. In the, uh, in the Africa part of that little town in Brazil, they said, we just want to eat. That's yeah. what's going to happen with these Negroes here. They're going to be so switching they their ass. They're going to be switching their ass for a Snicker bar. Yeah. So you saying that they don't consider themselves gay. They just survive it. They just survive, and that's what they're doing in the name of. I'm just trying to make it. No, you ain't making it. Now you HIV positive. Now they got the debt ceiling going on. They get they get ready to change Medicare, Medicaid, and when the debt ceiling comes, you're not gonna be able to get your uh, drugs to help you uh, fight your HIV. Oh, Lord, how much? They're going to cut your drugs off so the HIV going to go full-blown. We're going full-blown. Your ass out of here. You know, um, and like you said, from what I saw a document uh, last year that said, you probably seen it, I can find it, a lot of the trannies that look like pretty women from Brazil, uh, over a million, uh-huh. it's like a million or something of them over there are trannies. They men that look like women, and they look so good yeah. they get a lot of surgery on them in Brazil, and they infected. They already infected. And them black men are loving them over there, screwing them, and yeah. they not all tell them that they women, and a lot of them trannies are into porn. Getting, they letting everybody yeah. fuck them. Now they can look like a woman and get away with it. They screwing all these men, and, and they infected, and they ain't, ain't telling nobody. Well, Brazil... Uh, uh, has the highest number of transvestites in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three and a half million transvestites in Brazil mm-hmm. registered. That's one thing I give the government of Brazil. If you're going to be a faggot, you got to be registered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that means you registered in the system. That means they keep a track of your of your of your jobs trying to trick with you. Mm-hmm. 
because they have those uh, clubs down there that you can get served. You pay a flat fee, but they don't tell you when you go up in there. They pick your pocket for your passport, scan your passport in. So you wonder how they got dams on you, Bob Johnson. How they got dams on you. Huh? They got dams on you. That's why your wife left your punk ass, nigga. Got dams on you, Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. You are indebted to the devil. Because you thought you could get away with it, daddy. Nobody, nobody was looking. Daddy looking. Yeah, they looking. Who you think set up the uh, Brazilian National Police? Mm. It was the, it was the Nazis, the Gestapo, all the old German motherfuckers. With, excuse my friend, they went down there and set up Brazilian secret police after war, after World War Two. Mm-hmm. They knew. There was a certain time. That's why I mentioned about the liberation movement. They knew it was a certain time that they had to keep it. There was a certain time that they had to keep black folks away from going south of the border into Africa. Mm-hmm. And they knew it was a certain that time was coming to an end because we wouldn't even think about so much as venturing, uh, going to these countries, trying to do business because we we heard about the death squads. We heard about. Uh, the right wing uh, kill squads when they come to your house at three in the morning and haul you off. We heard about how they would, you know, treat indigenous people, black people, brown people. We heard about this, and all the time we went down there really was to com- to accompany other white folks, or you would do a business on behalf of other white folks. We weren't trying to do our own thing and swing. So when we got to that level where we could do our own thing and swing, a lot of uh, like you said, that Negro mentality took over because we were already pacified after the after the assassination and murder of Dr. King and Malcolm X. We were pacified, and we were susceptible in our mind, in our kingdom, to these perversions. So we got down there, like you said, them, uh, that whole color thing hit us hard. So when they saw some, them Negroes got down there, saw them light skinned transsexuals, they went nuts. Hmm. This is the first time in their life to get a, a, a fucking white man to ask. So it was a power trip to a lot of these dead growth. They think they think this person think he white, but no, he really is a a a a, 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 a serious mulatto. Okay. On a different level that we don't know about. He's not pure Portuguese. He's Portuguese with about. You know, a, 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 a dime worth of nigga in him and a dime worth of Indian in him. And so we don't even know that stuff. And we get mm-hmm. caught up in that trick. We get caught up in that trick. And then we don't know how much a surveillance system they have in place already in these so-called third world countries. And so you go to the club and you shaking your ass and you think you're having a great time and you outside your marriage in a hetero or homosexual way and you wonder, damn, how to get your ass on film. Mm. From the club all the way to the hotel, they had they had my passport. Damn, I had I had a brother tell me this. What? What happened to him when he went down there? And let me tell you, 
I got a call from a prominent computer company. They wanted me to come down to Mexico City to do some work for them. I'm basically out, out of IT, just to let you know. I'm retired out of IT. Mm-hmm. And they said, you come down to Mexico City, the pay is great, and guess what? You're going to have a lot of fun. Mm. I said, what this cracker talk about a lot of fun? Don't they know I'm married? And so uh, I pushed the cracker a little hard. I said, uh, I called him back. I said, what do you mean uh, a lot of fun? He said, hey, man, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun down here in Mexico. It's a lot of fun. Mm. You can have a lot of fun. A lot of women down here. Whatever you want to do, you can, you can be all you want to be. You can have as much drink. You can smoke. You can have a great time. Just come right here and have a lot of fun in Mexico City. I said, ain't that a bitch? Nah, I ain't for sale like that. I'm for sale when your ass get off the planet. That's what I. That's what I sell out. When your ass leave the planet, I sell out. Cause ain't no, ain't no devil to sell myself to. Your ass get up off this planet. Yeah, that's what I know. I can sell out. And all the Negroes that have adopted this white slave mentality got to go with them. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we have become soft now. And the things that we tolerate now, 20, 30 years ago, when I was a young man, were intolerable. Mm-hmm. You preyed upon your elders, disrespect for your elders. Old folks used to say, other people come in your community praying on your on your elderly people, your young people. That would have been a death sentence, automatic. Mm-hmm. Automatic. Raping an 88-year-old grandma. Kill that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. The nerve of some of these Negroes on Facebook talking about, no, we can't be no judge and jury. No, it's got to be coming time. We got to say the hell with the court system. Yeah. That's the way it used to be dealt with. But we don't have that no more. No. Deacons for defense. What happened to that? What happened to the Panthers? What happened to all that? Deacons for defense. Now we defenseless. <laughs> totally defenseless. You can't even get your hair fried no more by your own people. You got Koreans flying black hair. What? Huh? You got Koreans selling black hair products. Mm-hmm. At the black hair show in Atlanta, they showed it. Sister. What? Hey, figured out the key to making them some big money is give with that black hair. Mm-hmm. And guess who the number one purchaser and the number one purveyor of getting their hair straightened and processed in these black transvestites? Not the black oh. women, the black, these black faggots are buying that shit off the shelf like 40 going north. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Because the key to getting poked in the booty hole getting your money is to have your straight hair. Wow. Yeah. That's how deep it is. 
And look at all the transvestites. Look at look at their hair. Look better than some women. Why you think Eddie Murphy don't do no personal interviews? I hear he's been real, real quiet. Quiet as a church mouse. I know this. Uh, you know that homosexual came out. They got him a sex change and said that LL Cool J had been to him in New York. Um, yeah. Uh, Mr. C and LL. I, I mean, I don't watch the news a lot, but I haven't seen him come out and speak against that um, that transgender, that man that got him a sex change saying that, and wrote his book, uh, Victoria Newman, saying that he had yeah. been with LL and LL is versatile. Um, they just denied it, but I never saw that LL said anything publicly about it. Oh, he had his he had his puppets to speak for. He didn't come out personally tonight. Uh, that's what yeah, I'm saying, was... and I would not let my publicist. I mean, something that serious, and I got children and a wife. I mean, I think I would have said that's something. That's because he was up in Murray Griffin's house getting busted flies with a rich white Jewish man. They get poked in the ass on the balcony at that house. Lord have mercy, man. Why I had to be on the balcony, man? I mean, what? Oh, Lord. They was listening at that nigga howl and scream at the moon when he was getting poked in the ass. These Jews were down there laughing at his ass. Said, look, he's a punk, oh. he's a punk, he's a punk, he's a punk. They were howling and screaming that shit up at him. He's a punk, he's a punk, he's a punk. What they were calling him? Yeah, nigga, I said it. I know about that shit. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Mm-mm. But but like I said earlier, isn't that how they get their big movie deal? That's how they get their deal. That's how they seal the deal. They put the wax on the contract. And it was from that moment forward that he got his first big movie deal. When he played that uh, SWAT that SWAT character. Oh, they said it was Sam But Not Mike. I thought they said that happened when he was a little boy, that he was abused when he was a little boy. Well, that's, if you think about it, let's just go back to what I was saying about the breaking farms in the Caribbean, how they used to break us in before they sent us off to America. Yes. That before the black male child hits puberty, he must be broken yeah. in with, it, with with at least one act of homosexuality and perversion. Yes. Come on, they put this Negro on top of the world. They gave him movie yeah. deal after movie deal after movie deal. Feminizing a black yeah. man wearing a black dress. This nigga can't come out and make a movie without wearing a dress. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. He was down there sucking dick in Atlanta, Georgia, for a dollar in the back of a damn Chevy pickup. What? 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 He was sucking dick in the back of a Chevy pickup truck for one dollar. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I know you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That LL. That's a big Hollywood. I know that LL. I know. He can't stop wearing dresses. Every movie he got, he got a dress on. I know. He went on Oprah talking about how he was booty busted. Yeah. I, yeah. And I 
And the only time he get any kind of uh, testicular fortitude in any kind of one of his movies when he played the Federation commander in Star Trek, and he had that little five-second role, just, you know, kind of moving, talking a little bit, and that was it. The one time you saw him kind of like stand up just a little bit. But this is... This is what like I'm saying. saying. It's like when we. Hmm? Hmm? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll let you finish, but I'm just going to say, too, I don't really see. It's like I don't think we can stop it or, or where are we going because so many of our people are down with doing black boys this way. Black men, most of them gatekeepers that deal with the black boys in music or movies, they, the gatekeepers are black and gay. And they the ones yep. that come to the board trying to turn them young black boys out. So it's like we can't, we don't have nobody fighting for us and standing up for us. We cannot get in that industry, um, not like this. And we know it seems like to me they really don't want to have sex with a whole bunch of black women. They want to degrade and dehumanize the black women. They really want the black boys. Right. So how we bring any change? How can any change occur? Because we're within this system. Well, breaking the cycle, breaking the change. Uh, first of all, in regards to images being projected, uh, we're really going to have to step to quote unquote the uh, the uh, black intelligentsia, so-called black intelligentsia, the Michael mm-hmm. Jordans, the Magic Johnsons, uh, the Oprahs, and say, look, y'all got to stop this foolishness. Hmm. And y'all going to have to, you know, one of these series, you know, come to your soul means. And uh, you got some explaining to do. And you got some action to take. Because the images and the stuff that you have been projecting for the past 10, 15, 20, 30 years, it's all coming to fruition now, coming and coming and coming on us in the worst sort of way. And the dues you had to pay Quincy Jones, you shouldn't want this for another a young black man. Mm. But you perpetrate that. And Tupac paid the price. Because mm. he Tupac didn't want to give him no booty hole to you. Mm-mm. So when the white Jews came to you and said, Who, should we do Tupac? And you said, I, I don't care. I don't care. Fuck that nigga. Yeah, I said mm-hmm. it. I hope, I hope it get back to your ass, too. Yeah, I know. Because mm-hmm. since I already told you, you know, I, you know, I grew up out there. A lot mm-hmm. of people, they, they take it, I mean... They may take it personal, but I'm, I'm beyond just taking it personal because we ain't got no time to be BSing out here no more. Our people are no. dying in the streets, left, right, and center. And these young boys have no direction and no clue as to what's taking place. Their very soul has been undone. You can't count on the church religious leaders. You can't count on the so-called social political leaders. 
You can't count on any organization worth anything in the black neighborhood, in the black community, nowhere, no way, no how. Nothing no nope. more. The whole core has been ripped out totally. Yep. And we're witnessing an implosion of magnitude, I mean, that that dwarfs the biggest sun blowing up in the universe. I mean, you can't even understand the, the gravity of what we're dealing with here. The biggest black hole ever is about to be made. And we're going to get sucked into this and be in a position where we cannot be saved. Where we should be at the top of the game. Like I said, they want us top-heavy. No arms, no legs, no body, no torso. No, I mean, nothing, no muscle with it. No guts. That's why the black intellectuals have no guts. They neck up, that's it. They have no guts, they have no arm. They can't punch, they can't run, they can't, they can't even run. Mm-hmm. Their head in the sand and the white man kicking, kicking sand in their eyes. They can't even see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you a smart nigga. You went to Harvard, got all the degrees. You went to UCLA, UC Berkeley. Hey, you real smart. You even went, you even went down to Emory University and prejudice as hell and, and got a PhD. Now what? Got a black president. Now what? You got a black man uh, of, of Atlanta can't get a single black contract. Now what? Kasim Reed. I, I know the cat. I went to Howard with him. I love the brother. But what does love got to do with the reality of black folks in Atlanta? Kasim, I love you, brother. And you know the truth. I mean, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's like from what I'm seeing and hearing from people that are inside of politics and even inside of these institutions, a lot of these I've even met some of them that studying to get their medical degree. A lot of them have other people writing their papers for them to graduate. They fucking the teachers and bending over in the ass to get their PhD and they not. I mean, yeah. And most of them probably come in Atlanta. They homosexuals downtown Atlanta that run Atlanta. Them is homosexuals, and yeah. they got them men in them penthouses, them sisters that they undercover screwing. Mostly that's why you ain't going to see him really doing it for black people in the city of Atlanta. The male, nobody, he probably might be a good guy, but he he's controlled by the boule. It's only so far he's like probably just a figurehead. Well, let me, let, me, let me share a personal story with you. On that level in Atlanta, you got an artist there who uh, runs a little da- dance company. And her daddy uh, used to teach over there at the Morehouse. A preacher. And I didn't know it at the time until I had dinner at his house. That in order for me to keep trying to talk to his daughter, I had to give him some booty. (laughs) And I ain't going to lie. I mean, look, Jasmine guys is fine as hell back then to me. What? And I oh said, no, nah, I, I can't I can't do that for Jasmine guy. <laughs> I can't do it. And and I was and I was young and I was like, you know, 
You can't be a freak and win. You don't something think so? Gonna get you. Something going to get you. He was too freaky. Other people have said that, that they knew about him being with men, and then he right. came out with that and said, yeah. Yeah, he had been with at least three transvestites that I that I know about. Oh, Lord. Lord have mercy. And there's one Mexican transvestite that he was, him and Eddie were fucking together. Oh, mm. And Johnny Gill was the nigga that brought this motherfucker in there. Excuse my language. Why do you think Johnny oh, Gill got a private house on his on his on his estate? What? Huh? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've been hearing about Johnny Gill and Eddie, and I know they've been kind of really off the scene for years. You ain't really heard yeah, much from Johnny Gill. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they off the scene. They really off the scene. Yeah, they doing all the induction ceremonies to the to the gay mafia cult. You oh, wanna jump in the click? You wanna jump in the click? Drop your draws. Oh my gosh. So like they said, they can like across that table and said, If you want my daughter, you can have the world. He, you know, he was pumping my hand up and he reached across and touched my hand. I said, It's the fucking devil. Gotta get away from this one. <laughs> <laughs> All street came out. It was all street. Oh my God! And this this uh, this other guy that was on the phone the other day said the same thing that he was going with this girl in college, and they was in there fucking in the damn dorm, and said her she told him to be quiet, don't move. Her daddy came in the dorm room, got on the floor, and was fucking a boy in his ass. Got the boy Ooh. up, went went in the shower, and she would let her daddy come in there and fuck them punks in there on her floor and told my friend up in the bed with her, be quiet, don't move, I don't want him to know you in here. Let them finish. And said that's where he would bring his men. And she said she was so messed up behind it. She, she turned gay. She said, I'll never let nobody do me the way my daddy did my mama. Uh, uh, uh. Like you said, so understanding uh. in these families, a lot of times the men are married to women and have children, and they're in positions of power, and the man that married a daughter, he usually digging in his ass. Yep. And that goes back to the Greco-Roman um, theocracy of power. Where okay. it was a young male uh, plebes who had to give up booty to the older Greek guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all their artwork and their writings, everything. You can look at I mean, you know, there's tons of stuff on that. And they practice the same thing today. This is modern but Greek, it's been, modern Rome, modern Babylon. Yeah, but it's been hidden. I'm glad that it's coming out now, and we know what yeah. we're dealing with. But I don't see we have to come up with a counter because we're, we're in a system that doesn't belong to us, isn't about us. They don't care about right. us other than enslaving. And now, like you said, they're flipping it. Okay, well, yeah, we're not giving y'all major record deals anymore. And people saying, okay, they can start their own record company in their house and they can create their own DVD, CD. Okay, they're shutting the Internet down. Okay, they're not going to fund you and give you no money. Okay, they're breaking down the dollar. 
How right. really can you counter that and survive inside of a system where you have no money, you have no land, you have no resources, no water, no agriculture, you have small pockets, but like you said, the upper echelon, they're not trying to help us because they know they can't. Those people on top are not going to give them millions of dollars and give them the world and then say you can reach back and help your own people. That's usually why they don't. They're not going to right. give you money to support your community. That's, and then usually and you can't trust them. I wouldn't trust them yep. because if they come, if, if any athletes come to my door and I got a little boy, you're not fucking taking him with you whilst you can bust him in his ass in the shower. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's sad to say you got to go to somebody like a George Lucas to even get you know, a nod of recognition. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely pathetic that a black filmmaker making a movie of this scope and magnitude can't go to the Oprah's, the Bill Cosby's, all that, and say, hey, back my movie. He had to go to a white man with a black wife to get some help. Mm. I don't think George Lucas pumped him in the ass or nothing. I don't. I, I didn't hear anything. I usually, you know, I'm pretty good about hearing stuff come out of Hollywood. Mm. Mm-hmm. Lord, some of the, them the same niggas I've been talking about. They're they, they gonna mess around. They're gonna send their boys around. They're gonna drop some dimes on. Them. Mm. So is, it that when they, is it when they get mad they tell who got fucked in the ass or they just on that well, you know, female? It's like, it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's that bitch coming out. So when they figure when they ain't getting no money or whatever, they start they start screaming like a little bitch. <laughs> All right, nigga ain't giving no money. I ain't got no money from Quincy Jones in 20 years. You know, I'm sucking this dick, you know. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I mean, do these people kind of, like, disappear, just like that one that Eddie Murphy was messing with, that Filipino or transvestite, all of a sudden they said he jumped out the window or he was trying to find his key. <laughs> but this man was stolen out of a window. It was clear he was thrown out of a window. Yeah. Yeah, he was thrown out. Oh, yeah, that'll take you out. You too close to the story? No, I'll stay down here. I don't think I'm going to be visiting it out there anytime soon. No. Stay at ATL. i got to be careful down here, even out in certain circles. I already know that it's, this is the, the little small Hollywood down here, if you didn't know that. Yeah, like I know. Turning into, mm-hmm. They want to be Hollywood, but I'm telling you, they 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 low power Hollywood. I mean, they don't understand the full thrust of it. Okay. They really don't. Unless they're doing something on top of Stone Mountain on, on Halloween night. They do. Find the niggas up there doing some occult shit, and maybe they might be in there with them. They do, and I'm sure a lot of cult, even from New York, a lot of the cult people are moving from New York to Atlanta, and I'm seeing uh-huh. a whole nother. Mm-hmm. People from up north now relocating to Atlanta. Yep, selling illusions. Did you want to see if anybody had any questions or comments? Did 
Did you want to see if anybody had any questions or comments on the phone? Brother Hebrew? Can you hear me, Brother Hebrew? Okay, well, until he comes back, um, hopefully he, we didn't lose him. 410, do you have a question or comment? 410. This is Haki. How you doing? Hey, I'm fine. How oh, you don't doing? recognize my number. <laughs> no, no, you don't recognize my number, no. <laughs> Greetings, yes. Good evening, good evening. Is the brother on? <clears throat> brother Hebrew. Yeah, right here, brother. Right. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. I've been listening uh, to much of your, you know, your discussion. <clears throat> yes, I, you're, you're absolutely right, right, and exact on point. And I've been saying that for uh, quite some time. For, for instance, in the D.C., you know, Maryland. I'm actually in Baltimore, um, <clears throat> and I've been, you know, you know, working in the Prince George's County area, where there's a large black you know, one of the wealthiest counties actually in the country. And most, a large percentage of the the black elected officials, um, I mean, you, if you go to, to some of these different events and you see, you know, how they sound, how they switch around, and one actually on the school board in Prince George's County, he got he got uh, busted for taking uh, a, I guess, a 17-year-old, on a trip, you know, with the school board's money, and then yeah. one of the one of the mayors, they have these little towns in Maryland, where one of the one of the, the mayors of one of the smaller towns, he uh, he took, uh, well, he got busted in D.C. picking up a transvestite, but you know, when I saw him I, and I found out who he was, I mean, you could just see it. You know, you can hear him as flamboyant as he was. And so, I, you know, I, I look at it as like it's almost like a rite of passage in a sense. If you want to be uh, successful or, you know, depending upon what so-called level of, of, of money you want to make somewhere along the line, you're going to have to, you know, bend over. Uh, you know, so I just have uh, come to realize that when I said when I said that to some some brothers like some some months or probably like last year, they kind of got upset with me. You thought that I was being hard on bourgeoisies, but I was just like going off of what I see. I mean, you see it in these different universities, um, you know, um, all over the country. So that's all I want to say. Yes. That 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 comment is, is well is well taken. I mean the, the same scenario um uh uh took shape at, at Howard University where one of my uh classmates uh had the choice of either dropping out because he didn't have the money to continue his uh, senior year of, of political science or uh, giving him some booty to the vice president of the university. And uh he didn't give up the booty so he didn't get the scholarship so he had to drop out and uh you know make his own way but uh mm. oh yeah that that type of predatorial behavior is uh it, you know pervades all through these uh so called black institutions it's not just the you know religious or educational institutions it's, it's these other institutions that we had to be on, on edge about on guard about with our youth uh that uh that uh you know we expose our our, our children to and so 
you know, this brings into mind as I wrap up uh, the plagues that beset Egypt or Kemet, uh, you know, for their disobedience. They were given direct commands by Yahweh to the leadership, and they did not listen. And they had to listen, they would have had a forever empire. And this is, this is recorded, even their own text uh, records where there was a conversation going on to that degree. And so we got the beginning of the curses, the middle of the curses, and we got the end of it. The end of it was the death of the firstborn. And when you look at what's happening with America right now, it's because we have bitten into this apple so hard, forbidden fruit so hard. I don't want to say apples. That, that wasn't, you know, anatomically correct. This a narrative of symmetry. Um, the death of the firstborn. We are witnessing that in a in a way that I mean, it's just almost unimaginable. I mean, just 20, 30 years ago, uh, seeing these young black men, I used to go to, uh, there's a uh, mortuary, uh, uh, funeral parlor right there on uh, Crenshaw and Coliseum. I don't know if the, I don't know if the people on, on the line from L.A., I can't remember the name of that, of that, uh, um, of that funeral home right there on uh, Crenshaw and Coliseum. And it was a time during the height of so-called gang warfare in the uh, 80s. Both sides of the hallway in every room was filled with young black men, and not a single black man was over age 25. And it was just uh, breathtaking to see this uh, take place at such a phenomenal rate. I mean, for a month after day, I mean, just on and on. And I said, at this rate, we're going to be extinct. And none of these preachers, leaders or teachers are standing up and saying anything, you know, truth to power at all to the mechanism behind what's taking place. And so, you know, I just say, you know, uh, our people are going to have to really take a a serious examination and look at the narrative that's being played out in our head that's coming to fruition on the streets of America. And look at it from a point of view that we're going to have to move toward absolute liberation theology. But what I mean by that is that not only uh, talking the talk, but walking the walk for show. And I mean in a way that uh, we're going to have to really become independent inside of America. Right now, I don't see another place where we can go. I have looked at other places. I have traveled to other places. And there's only a few places outside of, of the continental U.S. in which we could go uh, to be able to survive and thrive and grow to another level and get outside of these, uh, these baby teachers that we've been so brainwashed with, other these Negro, Negrified teachers and their uh, slave mentality. And as part of that slave code, once again, that breaking code was to feminize the black male and masculinize the black female. And they do it through their preaching. And what they don't get in their preaching, they do it in their teaching in the schools. And that goes from kindergarten all the way through uh, the college level 
at these, especially the historically black colleges, and how they play on our people. And uh, I mean, it's it's really uh, shocking. We gotta have to really have a shock move, a shock and all movement to uh, move our people to another level and to resettle ourselves in a way that is going to be uh, both fruitful and productive in a positive uh, uh, way. And that's that's one of the few ways I see for us get through this alive in one piece in the next you know, few months or ensuing months of uh of calamity that is yet to be beset upon America because we're not we just we're not witnessing the onset of what is what is called the collapse of the American system. Uh of a post industrial, post capitalistic system. We're witnessing the shutdown of it. But we're not all the way to the shutdown process. Like when you shut a computer off, you go through different phases as you shut it down. And if you try to start certain processes as the computer is shut down, it tells you in the process of this computer going down, oh, the computer is going down, you can't start another process. In other words, the system is collapsing, you can't start another revolution. So what we got to do is actually separate another module, another system by which we can build our own micro-code and code and base code and applications and programs to support our own cloud infrastructure, if you speak that way, in, 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 in the computer vernacular, to support our own uh, storage area network. We can store our own data, our own food, our own water, our own supplies, and begin to begin, our, begin to build our own virtual and real communities away from the current system that is already going down because we can't save it. I mean, I look, I voted for Barack Obama, but I knew Barack Obama was not the end-all to be-all. He's just here to give us a few more days, hold it up, if you will, like uh, Samson in the Bible. He's like holding up. He's going to hold it up just for a minute so we can get to a safe area away from this thing so we can collapse. We're not, we're not collapsed in, 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 under the weight of the system with the Philistine. See, the Philistine was arrogant, and he was hubris, and he was arrogant and cocky, and he got caught up in himself. And he said, this, this, this strong, you know, black-ass nigga with these dreadlocks, you know, what is he trying to do? He's trying to bring down my temple. Is he trying to bring down America? You know, that's what they think about Barack Obama. Is he trying to collapse America? He bringing all this socialism. He all these white people just, ah, about Barack Obama. You know what? I'll tell you this. If any white folks listen, let me tell you something. Ron Paul not going to save you. <laughs> Duke Gendrys. Ain't a white man coming that's going to save America's ass. <laughs> because America got to pay for what she did to us and everybody else on planet Earth. Dropped that atomic bomb on the Japanese people when she didn't have to. I mean, enslaved us, whipped us, changed. I mean, we go down the list, killed the Native American. We go down the list of things that she has done. And her sins reach up to heaven. And Yahweh's nostrils have become polluted with the sins of America. And she's going to have to pay for that. And white folks thinking, it, uh, it ain't going to happen. Yes, it is going to happen. Like I said, Barack Obama just gave us just enough time to get away from this. Now, whoever gets in next, it's not going to last too much longer after that. See, uh, 2012 is called the year reckoning. And, that, and according to the uh, Chinese calendar, we're going into the year of the what? The year of the dragon. The 
dragon breathes fire. And if you look at all those advertisements for the Chinese New Year, look at what the dragon is fire is breathing on. It's breathing on a red, white, blue American flag looking thing. I have watched it from Communist China. I watched what they projected. They are blowing fire on America. So what does this mean for America in 2012 in the year of the dragon? The China's coming for your ass, Whitey. Guess what? You had the best ally you could ever have. Because niggas loved you so much. We loved you. You killed our mamas, killed our daddies, and we still love you. You fucked us in our ass. You fucked our women. You fucked our mamas. And we still love your ass, cracker. But guess what? All the Mexicans you got over here doing our work, doing our thing, and the Asians, they hate your motherfucking ass. Doing a passion. Go see the movie Machete. Go see the movie Machete. Look at that movie. Look at the symbolism of the movie Machete. The Mexicans was chopping them crackers' heads off. And you got the Mexicans all up in them houses now cleaning white folks' houses and take care of the white men, them nasty-ass white men. There's going to come a day when the Mexicans going to turn on you, all the Mexicans going to turn on you and chop your head off. And the Asians that are writing your computer code, all the Indian, the Chinese, they have got back doors written in those uh, computer codes, all those computer programs. They're going to shut down your systems, all your computer systems, all your networks, your phones, your Internet, your water. They're going to shut it all down when you can't pay that money. And that Chinese dragon is going to breathe fire on America's ass. These crackers are going to got something coming for them. I'm telling you. And they, and they have disowned the only ally they got. There's <laughs> a black man and woman of America. They have totally disowned us, and they're going to find out it's a lonely world at the top of the bottom. They're going to be at the bottom of this, and they're going to be like, damn. I didn't realize how much niggas really love this. Man, I, I, I really I really wish I could have me a nigga right now just for a friend and somebody to talk to. But they're going to find out they got something else coming. I mean, you know, I don't feel sorry for them. I really don't. Because they got what they're coming. They deserve what they got coming. There's no way out for There's no way out for this. There's, there's no saving it. Only thing we can do is prepare and begin to move away and, and, and warn and talk to brothers and sisters on the street and begin to uh, separate ourselves and begin to set up our own survival retreats and camps and build a society and a system and a structure that is pleasing unto, uh, unto the commandment structures and, and, and systems of the most high God. And to each other as human beings, relate to each other as human beings once again and bring that love back in the hood the way it used to be. Like I said, we were in the we were in the so called ghettos of America and it was so called ghetto love. There was a time I could walk the streets. I could walk from seventy I could walk from seventy ninth to Hoover all the way down to hundred and twelfth and Hoover and not be assaulted, not be accosted, not be uh, uh, harassed. By either Crips or Bloods. Now you got this all Hispanic. And you better not walk nowhere near that turf or they will kill you. So I hope the brothers and sisters that was on the live from LA, I hope they're still on. Because LA is going to be the tinderbox for the next American revolution. Right there. Right to LA. 
I mean, once again, it's going to be the L.A. riots part two. It's going to be where it picked off from. It's going to reignite into something. Now, I'm not trying to start nothing by putting it out there, but I'm just saying by looking at observation of history and facts of what's happening, they have weakened us down, like I said, sister, with this whole resexualization. It's like when you retool a factory, you go from the metric from the English system to the metric system. You have to change all your tools and your die equipment to comply with the metric system. They have changed out all the tools and dies, and so when they press out a part, it is complying with the metric system. Now they have changed all the tools and parts to make a new nigger into a faggot or a dyke. And so they press it out, nothing but faggots and dice. That's why they had to change the whole school system. They did everything. And, and, and the whole way we relate to one another, uh, parent, black parenting. Now you got to take classes in black parenting. You can't spank your kids. You can't talk loud to them. Or you go to jail. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy stuff now. And your kids got to behave a certain kind of way in school. They don't. They deviate. We're going to call juvenile hall. I mean, it's just all these restrictions, a pacification of demasculization of, I mean, it's a system of, I mean, it's just really ground into you every day, day in and day out. That's what we got. We got to break away. We got to break away and be further broke down to nothing. Thank you so much. Hmm? Title four, did you have a question or comment? I'm just enjoying this. I love it. Niggas think it's a joke out there. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Niggas is blind. They're glad they got two dimes to rub in their pocket to go to the club and shake their ass, but they don't know that's about to all come to a close. Hey, but you know what, brother? Yeah. These, Mex- These Mexicans think a lot of uh, brothers don't understand uh, uh, their Spanish, right? But um, yeah. they be talking jokes and shit at us and not knowing that we know what the fuck they be saying. They some racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they say, they say, Sabito. You not? Hey, you go, wait a minute. He, he just called me Sambo. But you know what? I'm from <laughs> Richmond. I'm from Richmond. And they ain't pulling none of that bullshit here because niggas would get at their motherfucking ass here in Richmond, Virginia. I love it. Yeah. That's where the Panther Party was the strongest. The Richmond Party. Yes, yeah, sir. Hey, I'm glad you, man. It was Richmond. Them bitches is humble here because we were, man, we were fucked their motherfucking, bring their ass on over here. Let some more one come on over here to Richmond. They quiet as a motherfucker here. But see, that's why you you gotta watch them. See, they see they understand like playing chess, and they do the same thing in the prisons. You use the weakest Mexicans against the strongest nigga. Take him out. Oh, the, see what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause they I use the strongest Mexicans to take out the rest of the weak niggas. Because I be saying, these some weak-looking motherfucker um, Mexicans here in Richmond. That makes right. sense. Yeah. 
They play chess. I mean, that's it. Who are four? And another yeah, thing, brother. I Go just ahead. been out penitentiary for like uh, six years, right? And I did fifteen right. years. They quiet as a mouse in the system. Them now, know they. Now, where, where, where were you? Where were you institutionalized? At? I'm sorry, I didn't get the name of the joint. Uh, Richmond, Virginia. I was at Greensville. I was at Nodway. I was at Southampton, where uh, Ned Turner was from, and uh, right. uh, Sussex. Now, here we go. Like I said, what you see in the, uh, on, the, on the streets mirrors the reality of the prison culture. And when the Mexican Mafia and the MS-13 made the deal with the Aryan Brotherhood, right? Okay. Take the niggas out. <laughs> and you can sell all the dope you want. You can't move in our neighborhood. You can, you can take over the black neighborhood. You see, they know they got to be cool in the uh, in the black in the black belt states, like Virginia, like uh, Tennessee, like you know all of the deep black south. When they're in the prison system, they got to be cool and try to make some allies for a temporary second. But see, if you out there in San Quentin or Chino, oh yeah, or any of the prisons. Uh, Tomoka in Arizona and in the prisons out there on the, on the west side <clears throat> the Mexican gangs run it and now they they pumping in the crypts of the bloods yeah they got there running with their drawers down I figured that I I know one of the founding members of the Bloods. And I told him what was fixing to go down. He kept telling me, oh, we're going to make a deal with him in the jungle. I said, oh, hell no, you don't. Don't make no deal with him. Don't make no deal with them fuckers, man. In the jungle or elsewhere, anywhere, any blood town. And I told them Crip niggas the same thing. I said, you got to hold the line. I said, go back to that speech when Colin was telling y'all at the L.A. riots what he said that night. He said, y'all got to hold the line against the cracker and the Mexicans who are trying to run you over ramrod. They're going to take your action off the street. They're going to replace your dope with fake dope and methamphetamines. Then they're going to come back and put another dope on top of that, which just came out. They already said they got a replacement now for meth. They're supposed to have some super dope to make you super wacky. Mm. And they're going to take over the uh, legal side of, of the weed business in California where you can't even sell pot. You can't even get a license to sell pot. If you want to be a black entrepreneur, you can't even set up a weed shop. But the Mexicans, they set up weed shops in black neighborhoods. What's that all about? 
can't set up no black business. We can't even sell hair straightening in our, our neighborhood. The first black female millionaire was was was, was Madam C J Walker made a made a first million dollars off off of selling hair hair straightening cream. Oh. And we haven't established a black university or major church movement since nineteen sixty eight. You can't name me one. All the bougies. All the bougies. You can't even name a black fraternity or sorority that's been founded since 1925. All the bougies. If you're listening. Hey, brother, man, tell me something about Doug Wilder, that bitch motherfucker. Who? Doug Wilder, the governor from uh, 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 here here in uh, Virginia. (laughs) Well, (laughs) let me tell you. Sometimes the road to hell is paid with good is paid with good intentions. He had a good intention of building of building this uh, uh, slave uh, uh, museum of of our enslavement in, in, in the state of Virginia down near Richmond. But this idiot set out on a course for it to be uh, self destructive, and I led that to his bourgeois way of thinking that uh, somehow a mystery white man is going to pop out and save your monkey ass. Mm-hmm. You see? You yeah. go ahead and, and set this up and you just you bring all these uh, black artists in, have them you, you spend all this money on nothing. You don't even pay the black people working for you. You pay the white folks now. You pay the white folks. You pay the white artists, the white craftsmen, the white folks doing the website. You pay them, but the niggas you got working for, you don't pay them. And people, so I, know, I know people that work for that monkey. Black people gave that some bitch um, slave artifact, and he done, he done uh, uh, buffalo the people shit. And we ain't got Right, he done, he, done, yeah, he done ran off with the money. And look, I live around the street from a Jewish Holocaust museum. You have to see that some bitch. And every black person I see go up in there, I said, that should be the last place you want to go to that shit that. Man, I be mad every goddamn day, man. Black people think I'm crazy. I be mad every motherfucking day. <laughs> Somebody got to stay mad. Malcolm said that if, if I wasn't mad and paranoid, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he took the money. He took the money and ran off with it. Him and Bill Cosby had a big old party up in Philadelphia with that money. Mm. His fraternity mm-hmm. brother from Omega Sci-Fi. Hey, and, and brother, anytime they have yeah. a gun show here in uh, uh, Richmond, you want to uh-huh. see them motherfucking white people come out. You would think Elvis Presley died and came back to do a show. That motherfucker. A, 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 a festival a show for what? Gun show. What, what kind of what, what kind of festival? Oh, uh, you know, buying and selling guns. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes. Oh look, I heard from a a, a a a mo down in Dallas. He was a, he he was just driving through the Dallas downtown Dallas area. He was going by.
by the Dallas Convention Center, and he called me up and said, man, the gun show, I can't believe it. It's, the parking lot is full. He said, the funny part about it, they just had a gun show here two months ago, and, it was, and the parking lot was full of crackers. They didn't I said, well, hey, we the only oh, ones who's not preparing. Excuse me. Us. We, the, we are the only race of people that is not preparing to defend ourselves. Yeah. You got you got Hispanics at the gun show buying up bullets and white folks, of course, you know they're going to be there. You don't see any black women and very few black men at these gun shows. You don't even have to go inside and pay the $5 to get in. Just sit there in the parking lot and just watch. That's Crap. all. No. You ask my wife, I go to Ed last, I try to go to Ed last one off. And if you talk to a brother, they'll tell you what's fixing to go down. The biggest race war the world has ever seen. He said, brother, I ain't, I ain't trying to be racist. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. This is going to be the biggest race war the world has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Niggas don't want the truth. They don't want this type of truth, bro, man. They don't want it. This shit don't spoil these niggas still. Look, brother, after World War One, we were we were snapping our fingers and, 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 and doing the Charleston dance and, and all that, uh, you know, Hockey talk, fuck dance, and, 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 and swinging the blues and all that. And then when the economy went bad in, in 1919, 1920, they had Red Summer. Them crackers said, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm at it. I'm going to kill every last one of them. I can get my hand on That's what happened. You had the worst racial war and rioting in the history of America. Let's go back and Google that. Google Red Summer. I'm gonna do that. And Omaha, Nebraska was the flashpoint because you had more black millionaires in Omaha, Nebraska, than Tulsa, Oklahoma. Gap band dropped the bomb on me. Back what that brother was talking about? The lead brother from the Gap band. I never will forget it at at, one of, at the Stone Soul picnic. When Khaled Muhammad was alive, we were backstage with him, and the brothers was calling him to come up on the stage for the cat man. And Kathy Hughes said, no, nah, don't bring that nigga up here. Mm-hmm. You see, I got all these sponsors out here. You see, I got Pepco and all these people out here. You going to bring this nigga on my stage and mess up my uh, sponsorship? I said, I didn't. I didn't. I'm not doing that. I said, the lead brother from the cat man. Charlie is calling for Kylie to come on stage to tell the people about the history of the of what Gap Man would drop the bomb is all about. I was backstage when that heifer did that. Mm. And, and you know another thing. I don't give a fuck who your cousin is. Call him up. Look me right in my face, and I had Malik Shabazz standing right next to me. Mm, mm, uh, mm. Of the Black Panther Party. Colin Muhammad and some other people was right there. He said, she looked me right dead in my face. She said, I don't give a fuck who your cousin is. Call him up. Mm. I got these sponsors here. I got sponsors. I said, oh, you a hoe now, huh? <laughs> 
But check this out, brother. I went over to Luxor, Egypt for like seven months. Hallelujah, brother. And 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 see, they got the niggas on the other side of the now. That's why I was standing right there with them. And uh, yeah, you down with the uh the uh Nubians. Yeah, yeah. Now they got this hotel called the Winter Palace over there, and I okay. went up in the motherfucker. I don't know how yeah. I made it inside. In the in the uh the uh white Egyptian dude said, said how you get in here? Who let you in here? I say nobody let me in here. I walked in here. Yeah. Oh, that showed me. He don't let niggas on the other side of the Nile in the you know in the establishment. Hey, that's brother. I'm glad you brought that up, and that's why I, you know, we can have our disagreements or whatever. And uh, and uh, with the uh, you know with the Egyptologists and the, and, and the brothers who who are in the Kemet. But I tell them, I tell them this. I say, you know what? Y'all need to go back and resettle what you call Kemet down and save your artifacts. I said, how you know them? How you know them saying? Uh, niggas what aren't are, are not the true descendants of the pharaohs. I said when they went in the museums and disrespected our artifacts when that revolution came and they went inside the museums and started uh, disrespecting our ancestors. That's how you know uh, Arab sons of bitches ain't nothing to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are saying niggas from hell. They are white folks, Arabs.
So what they taking it? He needs you. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that's the hidden. That's the hidden teachers of Islam. <laughs> that's what they don't teach you. Is that? That's what they won't teach you in the mosque. They won't tell you about that. So How hey, can we learn? Make it part of the system. How can we learn about all these hidden practices and rituals that they do on black people and black men? Well, see, they got it so codified and so uh, so, so woven into the hierarchy that you got to read you got to go beyond just reading the Quran. You got to read the Hadiths of the Prophet. You got to understand what was going on back then with the culture of the Arabs. That you got to, you know, they got it so wound up and wrapped up. So by the time you get there, figure it out. Your head all messed up. Now you don't know which way to go. Things are going to forever change. 
and uh, we got to be in a position right now to be prepared uh, in some sort of way. Uh, but most importantly, we got to be we got we have to be prepared spiritually and uh, mentally and psychologically fit. Because uh, I'm afraid that a lot of us are just not going to be able to cope. And mm-hmm. Like when we talk talk about the, the, the faggots not being able to cope, see they they've already broke down. So when 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 when, when the final break comes, you know it's, it's not going to be hard for them to uh, kill themselves. Yeah, I, I said I'm sad to say that, but that's just the truth. You know when they realize that you know you can't you can't even get a you can't even get a bite to eat for a piece of booty hole, they gonna kill themselves. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening with a lot of these transsexuals. They get old and nobody want them no more, and they end up jumping mm-hmm. out of yep. a hotel room. You're just an old dusty faggot. And nobody wants you. That's what that's what all young gay men told me. They have short short shelf life and age span when they get about twenty they consider old men then. Yeah. Nobody wants you. Your butthole is is, is is all you know, the lining is all knocked out of it. You can't uh your lips can't grip like that no more, your teeth all messed up because that uh the semen Messes up your gums, your teeth start to fall out. Uh, uh, you get, you know, you got infections in the mouth. You know, you know, oral gonorrhea. You got all these uh, issues. So, a lot of them get depressed, and that depression leads to suicide. Cause uh, you don't find a whole lot of thirty-something-year-old uh, transsexuals out here on the street corner. Think about it. Most of them twenty-five and younger. That's it. Mm. Thank you for sharing this with us. Oh, no problem. Is there anybody else have any questions or comments? Um, Erico 510, are you just listening? Erico 510? I have um, a question. This has been so informative. Um, could he talk about Egyptology? A lot of blacks are embracing Egyptology and Laat and all of that. And I've looked at a lot of the artifacts from Egypt, and I'm going to be honest, a lot of it seems very, the men look very feminized to me. Oh, yeah, there was a, uh... There was a whole uh, cult of of, uh, of homosexual uh, temple prostitutes uh, mm. in uh, in the Nile Valley. And that's what happened: was that the uh, religious system, or uh, the spiritual system of that day became uh, corrupted, and so that's mm. what you know, led to his downfall. Because a lot of blacks are not embracing, you know that. Um, you know, Egyptology, and, and you know, I don't know. I mean, just looking at King Cut, the, you know, the statues and just a lot of, to me it's just, there is something very spiritual about it. I'm not going to lie, very spiritual, but it's also a little off-putting with the homosexual vibe. So what, could you have, would you have any suggestions on that? Well, what you got to do is pull away 
the best artifacts you can or the best teachings you can from uh, the ancient Nile Valley system. You know, the professions, uh, the different papyruses and scrolls, that, especially as they deal with uh, uh, the healing arts and the, and the medicines and, 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 the, and the use of plants as medicine. Uh, take that and, and, and leave the rest for right okay. now. I mean, there are other areas we need to examine, but for right now, take that and, and run with it because, uh, you know, it's going to have to take a, another serious level of reexamination from a spiritual and scholarly point of view to figure out what we really need to uh, to uh, gather our roots from that area. Okay. I hear some noise in the background. Right, we have a viewer. So, will you finish now? Is this your only question to come in? That's about. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Two six seven. Do you have a question or comment? Six one zero. Do you have a question or comment? Hey, sound lady, how are you doing? Do you have a question or comment? One one one. Do you have a question or comment? Brother Hebrew. Are you still here, Brother Hebrew? We might have lost him. Does anyone else have any questions or comments? Oh, sister, I'm a, I'm gonna say this right. When I was over in Luxor, right? It's uh, yes, no work over there for them. Um, work for them doctors. 